skip all that and go. Boom, boom, ba, ba, boom, 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 That's enough of that. It needs an electric guitar. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, no. Is that the intro, or should we just jump right in? That's the intro to the show. That's the intro to the show, because you know what we're watching. Uh, we just watched War Games, War Pigs, Black Sabbaths, Shoot Brothers. That's what we are. <laughs> After all that. I am Mike the Shoot Shepherd. He's Cameron Thunder Osborne. Bang! And we are here. We have survived. There's a lot of collateral damage. But the war is over. War is over if you want it. I never knew those were the words. War is I know that song. over now. Oh, that's a holiday song, too. That's right. It's folks. like a My Christmas song, word. isn't it? Um, Yeah. Christmas. Yeah, so this is Christmas. Oh, yeah. What have you done? Yeah, that's the uh, uh, one of yeah, those classic is. walking around the mall Christmas tunes. My name is Cameron Osborne. Thanks for listening, folks. So was, Great show. Was the first thing you were singing the same song? I think it was the same song, but I was singing. I I, I, I kicked off with the the uh, cor- the children chorus. Of course, the okay. saddest group of people that can ever sing together <laughs> is a group of prepubescent kids. Uh, just hearing all the voices of prepubescent kids sing in harmony and unison, uh, it's truly downtrodden. Yeah, it's, uh, but every now and then, like we were talking about the wall off air, you got to get those little choir boys in to fill out your track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need that, uh, (laughs) that education. (laughs) All in all. God, this isn't this isn't a movie. This isn't a music review, lyric or instrumentation review podcast. No, this is a professional wrestling podcast. And Mike, like you said uh, earlier on the show, of course, we've got a great show coming up. All the normal hits and uh, super kicks, as it were. But uh, first off, we have to go to war with NXT. Review war, baby. Like we said, war pigs was the theme. Uh, and I think this was actually a well-picked theme. Doesn't matter that the song's fifty years old. It's perfect. It's a great track. Heavy metal classic. He- he- <laughs> heavy metal classic. That's right. Uh, I guess did they never have did they never have the theme before or whatever? They still used. They still did that thing. This wasn't like this was the theme they kept playing, but they still cut to that little music promo they always do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know that little music promo where suddenly, uh, or yeah, Vic Joseph or Michael Cole is telling you to listen to some band on Spotify that you've never heard of before? (laughs) They still did that little cut at some point, but, uh. Well, it's it's funny that they even did that for War Pigs. They're like, it's now available, War Pigs on Apple Music. (laughs) You're like, now available? (laughs) 50 years ago. That's right, Black Sabbath was exclusive to Tidal before (laughs) before tonight and the move over. But that's right, we got our War Pigs, we got our War Games, we got big matchups, of course, we have the two War Games matchups. Oh, yeah, baby. So let's get into it. Yeah, let's kick off with the women's War Games match. Uh, first time here in the CWC. It was kind of different the way they, they had the cage set up rather than lowering it. It was like... It was, it was like a garage door almost. The yeah, way they folded the, up into yeah, the it was all like hydraulic <laughs> in, which was yeah, pretty... Yeah, uh, so that was cool. Which was different, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, we got Team Shotzi, Mrs. Blackheart, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, Ember Moon... Take it on Team Candice, 
with Larray, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. Uh, and as I speculated, Shotzi Blackheart debuts a nice new tank. Looks a bit bigger, a bit more mobile. She was able to like pivot 360 degrees. Oh, way bigger. If that thing had yeah. taken out Robert Stonebrand, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, he would actually have been hobbled. We'd be calling him uh, Robert Terry Fox Brand. Oh, God. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this one, uh, it even had a cannon on the front of the tank, and it worked. Mm-hmm. She shot a rocket at the cage, so that was that was fun. Anyways, uh, Dakota Kai chooses to start for her team, and then Ember Moon wants to take the lead for Team Shotzi, so that's what we get going on. Uh, yeah, they're having a good back and forth. Five minutes go by, and then Team Captain Shotzi Blackheart comes out, but she has to make a pit stop. Uh, she grabs a toolbox and a crowbar from under the ring, which I don't think we ever saw the crowbar again, did we? I not it didn't come if it did, it didn't come into play in any meaningful <laughs> way that sort of meant up to me. Which is weird. So throughout and this throughout this match and the next match, they only went to one place to ever yeah, grab. There was shit. Like, it was like the pit stop. For yeah, like it was kind of like I, I, I picture <laughs> like, a little like somebody on the other end just kind of pushing the next person's stuff <laughs> up into yeah. it. Yeah, it was funny. But uh, so anyways, Moon and Shotzi, they're working together. Timer goes off. Raquel Gonzalez comes out of the shark cage. So the big bad girl makes an impact right away. She's just tossing people everywhere, slamming bodies into cages. Uh, Dakota does a cool like double diving clothesline where she jumps from one ring over to the other. Always fun to play around with that stuff. And then Rhea Ripley comes out next. uh, And then she gets a hold of that toolbox and opens it up, and inside there's like a mini sledgehammer, a mallet, if you will. That's what you would call it, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so she starts clocking people with that, uh, and she takes off her belt, and you think she's going to whip Dakota with it, but instead she like puts it around her waist and pulls her in close like a elementary school dance, and, just like t- <laughs> <laughs> and she just like tosses her in the cage like that. So Dakota got flunged around quite a bit. She took a good beating here. Mm-hmm. but uh, Everyone did. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Raquel and Ripley, they're having their big girl showdown when Tony Storm comes out next and she has to make a stop under the ring, grabs a bunch of kendo sticks, starts ripping off the turnbuckle paddings. Uh, so then Ripley gets beaten around uh, yeah, with those for a while. And yeah, there's a big uh, all six women in the ring get taken out at once, which lets the clock run down for Io Shirai, who comes running out and she's got to make a stop as well, of course. Grabs a bunch of ladders, slides those in the rings, but then Raquel blocks her from entering the cage. Just keeps knocking her down, kicking her off. So uh, Eo grabs some chairs, throws them in, and Raquel catches one. And then Eo just hangs onto the cage like a monkey bar and kicks the chair right into her face. That was, I gotta say, Eo throws some stiff kicks. Yeah, no, Eo Eo goes there. (laughs) She just kicks, like, you're gonna hold the chair? You better fucking know where it's coming. (laughs) But uh, she still does not fully enter the cage. She just keeps getting knocked out. And then Tony Storm uses her belt to hold the door shut. Uh, but this whole time, the clock's still running, so we get our final entrant. Candice LeRae comes running down. She squares off with EO. But then Indy Hartwell appears, jumps over the barricade, clocks EO with a chain, which then they use to lock the cage after that. So Shirai's locked out. Candice gets inside. She's got trash cans. Uh, it's all in there at this point. <laughs> Everything's in there but EO. So the match still hasn't officially started, even though, I mean, it has, but they can't pin each other yet. So they're all in there. They're Shotzi Blackheart at one point. They're just like triple teaming her with kendo sticks. She was taking a good beating. 
Everyone was, like you said. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, eventually uh, everyone's just brawling in the middle of the ring. Uh, and then this, the big, the first big crazy spot. Everyone looks up to the sky, and it's Io Shirai. She's standing on top of the cage, and she's got a trash can with her. And what does she do with that can? She just puts it over her head, blindfolds herself, and just fucking dives, free dives onto the crowd below in crazy, insane spot. Big spot. I wonder if she, I, I if she carried it up with her. I think that's a feat. Yeah, in I don't its know own. how she got it. That's that, how'd you yeah, get it up did, did there? Someone, either way, even if someone tossed it to her, she'd have like, to did catch she have it. to catch it? Yeah. How the yeah. hell did you get this garbage can up to the top of the cage? That doesn't make <laughs> sense. But yeah, such a cool spot. Never seen that anything like that. So. Big trust from everyone involved to be able to catch her, too. Mm -hmm. so, you know, she did the moonsault last year. You're thinking, how is she going to top it? And then she does this. She does. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, the match can officially begin. Uh, EO and Dakota have a big back and forth thing. Uh, yeah, and then more trash can. EO gets set. She's, on, she's laying down on the mat, and then Dakota puts the trash can around her head, covering her up again, and then just hits a vicious double foot stomp and just crushes it around. Eo. That was wild. Yeah. She had to like, she couldn't, yeah, she trouble couldn't getting it get it off. It was so she was like a big potato. Jesus in foil. Christ. Yeah, no, that was, uh, <laughs> that was probably my favorite spot of the whole, of the whole show. That was my yeah, watching her trying <laughs> to get out of this. Cause I think like, she, uh, yeah. And then she's like, they try uh, Tony, Tony Storm's trying to go, or sorry, Dakota's trying to go for the pin. And she's yeah, trying to like, she's like, I gotta get her out. I gotta get her out of this thing. And like, the rest gotta see the shoulder. It was so, yeah, that was my, uh, that was probably my spot of the match, I gotta say. No, that was great. Very cool. Just the way it crushed right over her. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's taking a good beating here. And then Amber Moon sets up some chairs in the seated position. And then she hits a big eclipse onto Dakota, onto the edge of the chairs. Looks like she's dead. The eclipse onto uh, the chairs. That looked good too. <laughs> yeah. Everyone hits their finishers. Tony hits a Storm Zero onto a trash can. Uh, Shotzi and Candice are going at it, and then they set up a ladder. Shotzi climbs to the top of the ladder, goes for the big senton on Candice, but she grabs a chair, tries to block it, hurts them both, uh, and Candice ends up getting legit hurt, apparently like a wrist injury or something. Broken arm. Possibly fractured. Yeah, fractured okay. wrist. Uh, she was pretty much out of the rest of the match, but that was near the end anyways, so... Everyone's just getting taken out one by one until it comes down to Raquel and Io. They're fighting. They climb up the turnbuckles right between the two rings. And there's a ladder in between them set up horizontally. Eo uh, tries to hurricane Ron Raquel off the side of the cage. But the strength of Gonzalez just holds on. Hits her massive one-arm powerbomb off the top through the ladder. Another crazy spot for Eo, And that's your finish. Raquel gets the big three count. Big win for her and the team. Huge win for her. But damn, Eo Shirai putting it all on the line. In like three big spots. Yeah, right. off the cage, two two garbage can spots, and then yeah, <laughs> through the table onto that unforgiving middle of the ring yeah. part. I mean, this was this might be my favorite War Games ever. This was such a great match. Yeah, I thought they all. It did. really was. Yeah, it was booked fun, the violence great. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's and like we've said a million times on the show, and we'll continue to say again, like these are the best female wrestlers on the planet are in this division so it sort of seems like the the thing that maybe we can expect for a long time to come just non-stop incredible women's matches yeah and you know when a match is this good you don't even care who wins you're like i'm just ready to have some fun
Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I w- Yeah, my heart wasn't as ba- bound to anybody. It was. Uh, I was surprised. I was surprised to have the uh, baby faces go over. Yeah, no, Raquel getting the pin too. Oh, sorry, yeah, the heels her. go over. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, the heels. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. But for two years in a row, Team Candice, I guess Candice LeRae's team. I don't know who was captain last year, but oh, taking big losses. Both eh? years. I think last year it was uh, Ripley and Shirai. I think were the two team captains. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. That's right. And that's when Dakota Kai turned heel and set right. the whole thing in motion. But they still get the win, I think. <laughs> yeah, the heels won both times. They're no, no, no. All. I think Team Ripley won last time. Uh, Well, Candace was a baby face then. So oh, that, fuck. Who the I'm, hell knows? That's right. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I uh, <laughs> Anyways, let's just move right along here because they don't even give you a chance to breathe. We got another heavy match coming right up. Tommaso Ciampa <clears throat> taking on Timothy Thatcher. And this was just some damn good wrestling. Two very proficient grapplers. Uh, and I think pretty much every Ciampa match going forward just got a built-in storyline where you can just target the neck. And Thatcher <laughs> See, the good part you know, about getting... Every head bump, every good, DDT. <laughs> the good part <laughs> about yeah. getting a serious injury in professional wrestling is you can always go back and play that angle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, we got lots of that. Lots of submissions, big heavy strikes, uppercuts everywhere, punches. Uh, Ciampa starts throwing out these massive knees, hits Thatcher right in the head, which apparently had split open his ear and yeah, he's bleeding bu- profusely. Busted open his ear, That's which is always a cool place to bleed from because yeah. you, you know, you're not supposed to bleed from your ear. <laughs> No, uh, I know. Instantly, I'm thinking like, "Whoa, ruptured eardrum! What's going on?" You here? don't know because in the movies, yeah, <laughs> that's what that's it like looks bad. like. That's bad news. Uh, but it looked amazing. Great visual because he just starts like looking in the camera. He's got blood running down into his. Oh, beard. and he's such a crazy looking motherfucker. Yeah, he just looks psycho already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're fucking going nuts. Uh, I think it might have been Champa's knee brace. I think he wears that out of the pants. That might have caught his ear. Mm, that makes sense. But anyways, they keep going after that. Ciampa fights back. Thatch fights back. <laughs> Ciampa goes for a backslide. Thatcher, he rolls through the ropes, but Ciampa just ties him up uh, and then spikes him hard with the Willow's Bell DDT. And that gets him the win. Beautiful. Ciampa. Not not stoked on the outcome, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, part two uh, in the fight pit. Fight pit? In the yeah, fight, fight pit. pit. <laughs> or maybe that's part three. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Either yeah. way, excellent match. Excellent match. Yeah, this was just that hard-hitting pro wrestling. Uh, and really, like, there wasn't really there wasn't really much, many stakes kind of leading up to this match either. Uh, yeah, Ciampa just kind of appeared out of nowhere like two, on the Thatch. Yeah, like thatch two camp. weeks ago or something, or maybe it was even just last week. Uh, yeah. So who even knows? With a second week to this, and uh, like you've said before, what's Ch- what's Champa got left to do in NXT? He's got nothing left to do. So is this where you just kind of start making the rounds of all the other good performers? I don't know. He does a program I mean, with uh, Thatcher, and then this time next year he's onto a program with somebody else he's never worked with before, and then or maybe the fight pit can become the end of NXT careers. Like that's where Riddle lost, and he moved. Oh on, my so. god! If Thatcher <laughs> can have his own main like mania streak of the <laughs> yeah. like Thatcher Thatcher's fight pit streak is. And if you like, lose, you can't. You don't come back to NXT. Yeah, that's like the shtick. Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> love, be cool. love Triple H. I'd if love to listening. see it. Trip- Hunter, Hunter, book it. <laughs> book it, Hunter. Yeah. Fight back. Oh, boy. But at this point, we're two for two yeah. on the War Game Show. <laughs> uh, 
I'm like, this is on pace to be one of the best takeovers ever. Uh, I'm not saying anything, but the next match maybe didn't quite keep as much of the hype going, but it was still fun. We had Dexter Loomis taking on Cameron Grimes in that strap match. Um, and Grimey, he's got he's up to something. He comes out, he's got his own strap with him. Uh, the ref's like, hey, that's not the strap. He insists on using his own he's strap. He's like, I'm not notified. We don't use my strap. But... <laughs> So the ref's like, you okay with this, Loomis? Loomis just stares off. So he's like, okay, I guess he's okay. So Grimes tries to cheap shot him, beats him around, but eventually they get strapped together. And, you know, they're doing this typical strap stuff, trying to choke each other. Grimes keeps going for Loomis's eyes, just like, I don't know, choking his eyes. Well, we did have that <laughs> blindfold match not too long ago. So I think that was kind of the callback yeah, there, maybe. Right. Those cold, scary eyes. He doesn't want to look at them anymore. Exactly. So anyways, but. Uh, Loomis, he's using the strap like a leash, just like pulling Grimes back, keeping him from running. Uh, but later on, Grimes, he goes over to the official strap, which is kept in a nice black sack. Yep, uh, the strap sack. The strap sack, yes. Uh, but he doesn't want the strap. He takes that out and puts the bag over Loomis's head to blindfold him once again. Uh, then just starts slapping him around with the strap. And then he grabs a steel chair, starts hitting Loomis with that. But it's all legal here. And then he seats the chair down, puts Loomis in it. Uh, so he's sitting, and then he goes for a big running cave-in stomp, but Loomis avoids that. They have a little tussle, and then Loomis ends up wrapping the strap around Grimes' legs. And then he yanks the strap, pulls his legs out, and then Grimes falls and slams his head right on a seated chair. Ooh. Or he just missed. He, it looked like he, it looked, it looked like he <laughs> it kind of hit it. was a very good it. spot. Yeah, he slapped his hand hard and made it look really good. Uh, and then Dexter follows up by locking in the silence, and poor Grimey has to tap out. Yeah, Grimey gets the tap. Um, it's too bad. He busted his ass. Yeah, he, he busted hard. his ass in this match to make uh, the gimmick work. Um, yeah, one, one really cool. <clears throat> he, he does that one move where he does like a shooting star press while flipping with you and like slamming you oh yeah that is good <laughs> I, that is yeah i think of that kind of more looking just being a shooting star but he just yeah what does he, he do like catches it? you midair yeah and he did that he... with the leash or like he pulled him in with the strap and then did it, it looked really cool yeah yeah he's um i think yeah i think this was more for dexter loomis who uh needed a good match cameron grimes in these kind of few months and maybe this is just because i think he's sick uh, he sort of seems <laughs> like he can work a good match anytime with anybody. Yeah. No, uh, no. Great performer and even better character. Just oh, yeah. everybody's got a, a Cameron Grimes impression. <laughs> yeah. And when uh, <laughs> they're all good. Yeah. That that war games clip you sent me on the weekend when everyone's doing their impression. Yeah. Grimes, Cameron Grimes. Grimes <laughs> this was the, the best. best. <laughs> he faked it out. He's like, what? 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 What did he? I forget what he yeah, said. Yeah, I forget what he said. Who wants to go, Camograms? Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's fantastic, and yeah, he can be uh, he he can he he can pop up on NXT, and he'll be fine. Yes, yes. Uh, then I think we get a brief video with a vulture and a clock TikTok. So, carrying cross TikTok back soon. TikTok TikTok, TikTok. Kesha. Okay. Don't stop. Make a That's right. She's. She inspired one of the biggest apps of all time. Which, TikTok? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's even spelled the same. Oh, wow. Uh, but anyways, then they also announced New Year's Evil, the NXT Wednesday special for the first Wednesday in January. Ooh. So, hey, that'll be fun. That'll be nice of them. It's a month away, uh, roughly. Yeah. 
speaking of rough, it's Leon Ruff defending that North American title against Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, triple threat match here. And uh, you know what? I really liked the storytelling. They had me rooting for Ruff really hard by the end of this thing. The tiny underdog, baby face, small guy. Easy to cheer for. Literally, very small guy. You see the promo <laughs> photo of the three of them. It's just sort of like, you know, it says War Games at the front, and then the three of them always standing. You know, you, you can picture the photo. You can tell how much they've had to enlarge Leon Ruff <laughs> to make him, like, not look incredibly awkward beside Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano. Damian Priest is a big motherfucker yeah, too uh yeah. so it kind of like it makes the it makes everything look big so it makes his shoulders look the belt like you see it on his body <laughs> but they've enlarged the body to be the yeah. same size as damian priest looks so like the, the old big gold belt yeah now. the belt looks like it would it would like cover damian like your entire chest <laughs> like the entire yeah. thing would just be the center plate i don't know they could, <laughs> uh, but way to go leon rough way to go leon uh priest is hesitant to beat him up He's just kind of telling him, go home, Leon. Don't get hurt. Just get out of here. But uh, Ruff's, Ruff starts swinging at him. He so wants to fight. has no choice. Yeah. Eventually, the three men, they're all fighting outside. Uh, Leon goes for a big dive. Priest just catches him, hoists him up in the, the crucifix powerbomb, and just slams him through this barricade. Knocks it over, destroys it. And then some lady in the background. Did you see her knock over the other barricade? Yeah, I felt bad for her. Just <laughs> she some, was like, like, oh my God. Just some she production like... assistant or something who's just, you know, yeah. there to make sure everything's above board, clearly. Whatever. <laughs> she had a job. She's getting paid. And yeah. just the way she fell back into this second, th the second panel. Like, oh, no. The look on her face, though. She was like, oh, did I just fuck something up? Yeah. Did I ruin the match? Yeah. <laughs> I pray, what if they were I pray that this woman's this. not fired right now. <laughs> it was funny though. Yeah. Uh, big bump. So Ruff's destroyed. He's he's taken out. Uh, the officials come. Uh, yeah, just escort him to the back. So he's gone. Priest is like, I'm sorry, man. <clears throat> but then Johnny jumps Priest. The two of them are going at it. Uh, and then a little later though, Leon Ruff's come running back. He's all fired up. I was fired up. Uh, he looked pretty legit here. You know, he got some good offense in. He hits this amazing. It was like a springboard corkscrew cutter. I've never seen it before, that version. I don't know. Big two count. I bit. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and I think Wade Barrett, what I noticed most about that, and this is probably just me, uh, Wade Barrett called it a cutter, and you never hear anybody in WWE call it a cutter. Or you never see well, somebody do it. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. It's not a word you hear very often on the uh, <laughs> on the main roster. Certainly not. Yeah, I think that's just because the main roster guys. Well, exactly. I, I've never heard Michael Cole say "cutter." <laughs> Ever. No, I just think on the main roster, even though it's a cutter, it's a twist of fate, or it's an RKO. Exactly. Yeah. Or it's the the, <laughs> the something else uh, that we can kind of call. They've it. already because those wrestlers were around when DDP was still around, mm -hmm. so they had to change the name. <laughs> yeah. No. Very but, much so. Uh, so anyways, Ruff's looking good. He's getting some close calls, but then, uh, yeah, yeah, Priest, everyone, everyone gets taken out, and then these ghost face show up. Once again, the ghost face are here. So uh, <laughs> once again, uh, contrary to all copyright law, the yeah, ghost and then they're are calling here. them ghost face. They're yeah, calling them ghost capital face. G, capital G, <laughs> ghost face. Uh, so they're here. Since it's a triple threat, though, there's no rules. So they're beating down Priest. Ruff tries to help him out. Everyone gets taken out, and then uh, soon after, Damien, he's got Gargano lined up for the reckoning, but then another, I don't even know how many ghost face at this point, but smacks him Three, in the back with a steel pipe. 
Yeah. One looked a bit chunkier than the others. <laughs> so he smacks Priest with a steel pipe, so he's taken out. And then Gargano hits the one final beat on Ruff and pins him to recapture the <clears throat> North American title no. for a record third time. No, third time. Leon. Third time. Poor Leon. Well, I heard you. Uh, good match, though. I really like the Leon Ruff storyline of him getting, you know, just the little guy that won't give up. Little guy that won't give up. You can't say no to that, um, Mike. You know when when he when he was when he was thrown against that first board and the sort of the refs uh, needed to take him away. You know, they, they, the classic scene where all the refs kind of huddle around him, help him up, and help him out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, you know, amongst some of those refs, male and some of whom female. I don't know if you noticed that, um, Mike. You may have uh, seen that a little woman uh, by the name of Asia Smith. I'm not sure if you're aware uh, of this particular official. Is she Mike, married to another wrestler? I recently engaged to Mike. Sorry, I think yes. this may be the first case, at least certainly in NXT history. But Mike, Mister Encyclopedia, please let me know where a a uh, where fiancés uh, refed or officiated a match in which one competed in. Um, maybe, may I'm sure there might have been. I mean, if we want to get technical. Like Stephanie McMahon refereeing a match or Triple H or something mm -hmm. when they were engaged, you know. Maybe skewing the results in somebody else's Things favor. Like that. Uh, but, uh, but no, on no, on, this, on on this evening, uh, this was not acknowledged on television. <laughs> you knew you you knew this through social media. On this uh, on this particular evening, that is correct. Asia Smith couldn't uh, could not sway the cards uh, in the favor of her fiance Leon Ruff. Couldn't make it happen. Not to say it can't <laughs> happen in the future, though. Uh, WWE has or NXT has two uh, female um, offici officials on staff. So, yeah. uh, you know, bring it on. Bring it and on. A and uh, that female ring announcer is getting pretty good now, too. Exactly. I See, forget her name. I think it's about time the uh, the women start fucking shit up down there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, on the corporate level. Like, we have, you know, it's always Adam Pierce. It's always a Shane McMahon type. There's never, you know, we need a top, well, uh, we need a top dog up there. I mean, William Regal's doing a pretty good job, though. Yeah, I know. We, no, but we need some baddie. A successor? To, uh, like, you know, just kick the shit out of William Regal <laughs> and take this over. Well, maybe maybe this um, this mysterious uh, Zia Lee head poncho person. That'd, they look pretty evil. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so Johnny's celebrating his big win when one of the ghost face removes his mask, revealing, as predicted on this show, Austin Theory. And he does the famous Vince McMahon quote. It's me, Austin. It was me all along. Which, Wait, didn't we did, know that you know already? That we didn't know it was Austin Theory, but I knew it. Wait, how did we not so know? I, I swear, like three weeks ago. They revealed Indy Hartwell, and they never officially revealed Austin Theory. Okay, because uh, he took we off the mask, and I, I remember not being surprised. Yeah, I wasn't surprised. I just like the quote he used. Okay, maybe for some reason in my head I was like, "Yeah, I already knew that." I don't, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> it, that that was that, that was underwhelming, just personally. Yeah. Well, I mean, even Austin Theory in general, he's not top tier. So no, no. No offense. Whatever. Do you know the quote? Do you know the reference? No, no, I did not. It's me, Austin. No. It's me all along. It was Vince McMahon. For months and months back when the Undertaker had his Ministry of Darkness. You know, it was basically his dark order, a bunch of minions. Mm -hmm. And it was the same. They had a higher power as well. And they were teasing this higher power for months. 
You know, they captured Stephanie McMahon. They fucked with Austin. And then he took off the mask and it was Vince McMahon all along. And it didn't make any sense because he kidnapped his own daughter and it was all this weird shit. <laughs> but then he's like, it's me, Austin. It was me all along. That, that's what people so didn't like. It's like, I didn't like when he kidnapped his own daughter. But other than that, <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. Well, it's kind of weird because he like negotiated to get her back. But he was the one who kidnapped her and all this bullshit. Yeah. She got crucifixed on live TV. Jesus Christ. Well, not. Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I mean, they didn't they didn't put a stake through her or anything. They just tied her to the Undertaker. Yeah, I presumed. Them. Yeah. And they ran. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. But probably we couldn't get away with that these days. No, probably not. No. <laughs> it would just upset too many people. Yeah. I mean, even if it's it's a fictional television show, if someone did that on Sons of Anarchy, people would be OK with it. I'm sure they have. And I'm sure people were. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go to the main event. We've got the men's War Games match. Uh, of course, the, the 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 it's their match, Undisputed Era. They're taking on Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, Oney Larkin, Danny Birch. Uh, the brand, if you will. For the brand. For the brand. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly's choosing to start for Undisputed Era. Well, Pete Dunne starts for the brand. Uh, these two, you know, they have some good history. And some good technical wrestling going on here for the first five minutes until One Lorcan joins the fray. They start double teaming, pounding on Kyle O'Reilly until his buddy Bobby Fish comes down, uh, evens things up. So we get some good double or good tag team action for a bit. And then Danny Burch is out next. He makes the first pit stop of the match, uh, goes under the ring, grabs his orange bag little mini duffel bag or something yeah again somebody's on the other side of the ring just kind of like pushing <laughs> these items sliding. forward because we're going to the exact same place yeah. every single time yeah. someone had to which i guess i mean there's not much m room to maneuver around so i totally get it uh it was just weird yeah it's just a production thing yeah uh but what's in the orange bag turns out to be a pair of cricket bats a uh, pair of yeah, them that's pair of them that's yeah, what they're called yeah. just bats right there's no special yeah probably they don't call it like a oh i'm a nip i'm the old nip <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure they call it something fucked yeah. and like crazy and british like that the cricket nip yeah wade barrett would know he was the one dropping references and he was he great didn't... all he was yeah. fantastic all night names we don't know but yeah they were swinging around hitting people with the cricket bats they go, oh that's like nigel clicker of the <laughs> i don't know nigel clicker of the poofington yeah. Academies. Fanny wags. <laughs> uh, so anyways, we're getting some fun with that. Kyle O'Reilly's got Danny Burch in this leg lock, and he taps out. But does not matter. War Games has not begun yet. So we're getting close, though, as Roddy Strong. He's the next one out. Uh, makes this three-on-three. Three, so Roddy's running wild, just starts beating the shit out of everyone. Uh, but then the brands start to take over. As the countdown begins, and their final member, Pat McAfee, is released. He makes his way down to the ring, but he makes a pit stop, goes underneath, and pulls out four personalized tables, all for the members of Undisputed Era. How cute. That was so nice. Customized yeah. sweaters and shirts with their names on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they put them all in the ring. They set them all up around in various positions. Uh, Roddy Strong, he's the first one to get it. They put him down on his table. Lay him out across it. Pat McAfee climbs the top rope and hits a beautiful, picture-perfect moonsault. Crashes through Roddy and the table. Uh, yeah, that was great. Great form. 
Oh, it, it was it was fantastic. It was something he's posted on his Instagram before. You know, when he just kind of falls on one of those little crash pads. Yeah, use. the high jump mat. Oh, we know he can do it. He knows he can do it. And that's oh, yeah. what it, I guess surprised the confidence in doing shit, you know? And, you know, yeah, you get to he has a body and a table to ease some of the landing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then finally, our last member, Adam Cole's released. He comes down. He has to make a stop. Grab some weapons. Um, oh, yeah. He sprays the brand in the face with a fire extinguisher. <clears throat> Excuse me. Comes in with a chair. And now War Games has officially begun. So he starts just hitting him. He starts nailing everyone with the chair. Um, everyone's just brawling, hitting big moves all over the place. Pat McAfee's working over Adam Cole's leg. Uh, we get our next table bump as Undisputed Era. They set Lorcan across the table. And then they powerbomb Pete Dunn on top of him. But the table doesn't break. So uh, it's because it was the Adam Cole table. It wasn't meant for uh, Lorcan. That's what it was. Roddy Strong improvises. He just climbs up the top rope and splashes onto them. Breaks the table. So good job, Roddy. Uh, <laughs> he, he figures out how to break the thing. Yeah. He's like, ah, fuck it. And then we go to the other ring where O'Reilly's got the table set up. Uh, or no, the O'Reilly table is set up in the middle. McAfee tries to superplex Cole off the top onto it. But Cole just blocks and shoves McAfee off the top rope. He crashes through the table in the middle of the ring. So Undisputed Era take over for a bit. Uh, they've got the brand. There's one cool part where like the three guys are just sandwiched between the ropes and the cage. And they just take turns super kicking kicking the i like that yeah each uh <laughs> each did burn the thing Rod, roddy yeah. came up gave a knee and then i think the other guys gave like stiff shots to the head yeah, Adam Cole super, super kick kicks. next guy fell yeah. okay next up in line let's yeah. go that was a fun that was, fun. That was a fun bit <laughs> <laughs> so then adam cole pete dunn they climb up the cage uh cole hits a cool just like diving neck breaker off the side of the cage to dunn and then all seven men are brawling um, but where's the eighth man? Pat McAfee. He's climbed up to the top of the cage and then he hits a big swanton bomb off the roof onto the group, onto the floor. Big bump for him. Big bump. Wiped everyone out. And, and, and at this point, we're like 45 minutes in. Yeah, this was a long match, <laughs> but long you know, it match. flowed well. Pat, Pat worked really hard, had those big moves. Uh, but we still have one table left. The Bobby Fish table is set up diagonally in between the two rings. So just kind of slanted there, and Bobby Fish just ends up spearing Lorcan through the table. And then Adam Cole hits the Panama Sunrise on McAfee, who, uh, got to say, does a great job of backflipping onto his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, but Pat kicks out somehow. Uh, and then soon after, Pete Dunn hits the bitter end on Cole onto a steel chair. But uh, Undisputed Era take care of him. Yeah, I think eventually everyone's just getting all taken out. Uh, Danny Birch gets hit with a bunch of uh, drop kicks with chairs, and then finally Kyle O'Reilly hits a big knee off the top rope onto a chair onto Birch's head, and that gets the three count. Undisputed Era wins. Undisputed Era gets the win. Kyle O'Reilly delivering uh, the pin. Fantastic. Uh, I think my favorite quote of all this was Wade Barrett uh, talking about Pat McAfee. He says uh, he has the athleticism of Seth Rollins and the hateability of The Miz. Uh, I think that was my favorite <laughs> description of that. Uh, exactly it. And even throughout the time, he kept uh, wanting to leave the cage, and everybody else was like, no, no. And then he would yeah, go, lose. okay, go for it. And even just like looking at him do that, you're like, ah, oh, 
fucking hate you. Yeah, oh, the shark cages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the very, at the very, very beginning. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I guess it was the, just the two war games matches in a row, or sorry, not in a row, but like on the same show. I almost felt like it was too much. I wonder if you can separate those two. Um, uh, you know, you know what yeah. I'm saying. You know what I'm saying because I mean, like the McAfee spot was the exact same as the Io Shirai spot, jumping off the top into, or you know, I guess one had Not a garbage can, cool. one had a swanton, right? But it, yeah. but exactly, this the swanton off the top would have been way cooler had we not seen the garbage can spot maybe an earlier on in the night. Both used like everything. Both were like great matches, but. Um. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, like you said, this undisputed era's match. Uh, everyone took a great amount of bumps, and um, Pat McAfee is looking for his big uh, next matchup. Yeah, two for two in his performances, I'd say. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd give the edge to the women's war games match this year, overall. But they're both fun. Yeah, and that's. I. I would. I would say the same thing. And I would wonder though. If we saw the men's first, what would I think? Uh, I still would. Yeah, well, that's just I know, uh, that, how, yeah. I know how I work. Yeah, I, I know how I know, I, I know how you work too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that's what I would think. Yeah, would 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 all the would spots look cooler <laughs> or feel different had I experienced them first rather than second? That's what I think about. I mean, I can do two war games pay per views a year. Sure, give it to me. Give me the, the men on one, women on the other. I'm down with that. <laughs> Uh, well, until next year. Until next that year, was... probably around this time, we'll have another War Games, and that was the entire pay-per-view. That was your takeover. Let's get into the week, shall we? Let's get into some new Tweet of the Week champions. It's the Tweet of the Week. It's the Tweet of the Week. <laughs> notice, how said, notice how I said, and new. Oh my god! I love and you it. said champions. Yeah, I realized that. I, I realized I shouldn't have said it with the S <laughs> oh, after so there. Uh, this week's Sweet League champion goes to now five-time Sweet League champion CM Punk. Often doing his uh, he sort of you know he'll post on uh, Twitter or something like I'm answering questions for the next ten minutes or whatever and uh, <laughs> or however it goes. And of course, he was asked a question about um about Pat McAfee. You know, mm-hmm. is there a, and the question was, you know, do you think that he should be a full, should, should he commit himself full time to being an NXT performer, right? And we see him on every week and, you know, leading a faction, whatever it might be. CM Punk's, uh, you're a Twitter League champion, bud. He responded by saying, there is zero reason for him to commit fully to being a wrestler. He's already the best thing on the show, not named Rhea Ripley. <laughs> didn't know CM Punk was such a big Rhea Ripley fan and I guess if NXT is producing all this incredible talent and out of all that incredible talent he thinks Rhea Ripley's the best I could see that I could see him liking her style yeah that's the, uh, the best the best of it all he's a, he's a punk rocker she's a she's a yeah, punk rocker exactly all right Mr. Punk congrats <laughs> Mr. Punk <laughs> please come this way Mr. Punk yeah Okay, well, shall we just get into things? Let's keep moving, Michael. Mosey on over to the SmackDown show. Okay, folks, it's Friday night. It's time for SmackDown Live. It uh, used to be on Tuesday, but then uh, I think it was on Friday before, though. 
no, no, wait, they used to film it on a Thursday and then release it. It's just SmackDown Live. Keller Braxton's out here with Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Jey Uso, and going over all the hijinks. And, you know, I got to say, Kayla, once again, bringing the heat. She's not asking easy questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, asking Reigns if he fears Owens and all this stuff. Reigns just laughs and says, you know, this interview could have been the biggest thing you ever done with your career. And you come here and ask me stupid questions. But anyways, she's not scared. She brings more thunder. Uh, asking Jay if Roman's using him as a pawn. And anyways, Reigns, Reigns, Reigns has had enough of this bullshit. So eventually I think Owens comes out, interrupts them and says, hey, man, let's fight. And Reigns says, nah, I'll fight you at TLC. So uh, Owens says, grow some balls. You're just a bitch. So there's your big swears. <laughs> there's your big swear word. Wow. Yeah. But they will fight at TLC. We know that. Owens and Reigns. Yeah, it's all been gold. Uh, not quite repetitive yet. But yeah, it sort of seems like it, 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 it sort of seems like this story is less week to week, more just like overarching. Instead of uh, you know what's happening between Jey Uso and Roman on a week to week basis versus like where the, where it all started and where it all ended, uh, because yeah, it's just like keeps building this uh, this little hill of resentment. Jey Uso can't <laughs> quite get to the top of it. Uh, who knows? But who knows what this is going to be like when this whole comes to an end? We shall see. But then we go to Bailey taking on Natalia, Bianca Belair on commentary. Which uh, distracts Bailey. She's talking trash at her, but uh, yeah. So Natalia locks Bailey in the sharpshooter, picks up a bit of a surprising win. Ooh, yeah. Natalia's what's she? Uh, who 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 knows? Um, <laughs> uh, this this was the uh, this was the weekly AEW moment for the main roster. Uh, you know, so maybe taking a page out of their playbook and putting putting like the putting the women's division match. In the middle of a commercial break, yeah, we didn't, uh, which we see, you know, yeah, we get Bill Air on commentary. She's the next to shoot to the top because the next time we see the women's action, or the next time we see the the, the women's kind of stories on the show, it's just sort of like a interview between uh, Sasha and Carmel. Yeah, they just had like a little split screen chirping at each other, and yeah. I think they agree to settle it at TLC. So Sasha Carmella, that'll just be your filler filler feud. We know Bianca Belair is going to be coming for Sasha sooner than later. Yeah, uh, Bianca uh, Belair Bailey. That's going to be a good one. That's also going to be very, very hard yeah, to that say. Could be, uh, that's going to be a real tongue twister for Michael Cole. Uh, a lot of <laughs> that could be your number one contender match, maybe. Bianca Belair Bailey and Banks. See, um, uh, <laughs> Carmella doesn't fit anywhere in that B structure. Uh, so you can tell she's going to be out of the match. You can tell she's not involved with this going forward. Yeah. Uh, a- speaking of some Bs, though. <laughs> We've got. I don't know. <laughs> what do you Brian, got? Brian, comma Daniel, Big E. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, going. we were going up to some tag action. I was trying to keep the bees going. Uh, uh, we should have been talking about peas because this was the double P Pat Patterson tribute match, mm. featuring six former Intercontinental champions. They even had the OG Intercontinental title at ringside, the really old one. The big hunk of metal. The big hunk of is that what they uh is that what they uh That's like what I call it. oh it was like you That's know WCW was the big gold belt, the big hunk of uh, metal. <laughs> and they did play they did play the nice video tribute beforehand for Pat Patterson with my favorite karaoke song My Way the Frank Sinatra. Oh, that's it, eh? And even Pat was singing himself. Oh, way to go. 
He was good. Anyways, all those six men, Brian, Mysterio, Big E, Ziggler, Nakamura, Sami Zayn, all former Intercontinental champions and one current champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Big E debuting some brand new entrance. Graphics, theme, everything. New Titan, new music, a new color. Still the same getup, you know. Still wearing the same yeah, kind of Yeah, same kind of outfit. He uh, brought back He brought back the bowl of chalk, clapping that chalk in the air. He oh, that was that, that was a bring back? Pre New Day he used to do that. Oh, okay. You know? I thought that might I thought that may have been a Pat Patterson thing. That was in in my mind. No, nothing to do with that. But that's good. Uh, well, that's but you know, new uh new shit. When did LeBron stop doing his chalk thing? I don't know. I feel like he still does ago. it, but like it's it not as big game, of a though. deal. Yeah. I think he gave it up. I mean, you I know, I mean, the amount of, of money he was wasting on Chuck, he was like, I, I'm taking so, his hands are so Seems big. Dis- his hands are so Seems big. He's like, I, I take so much, you know, it's, I take, it takes so much chalk to cover these things. Or maybe like the league voted against it because they were like, guys, the ball is just cov- covered with chalk. There's so much chalk on the ball. Or maybe he was disrespectful to the fans. Oh no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind getting showered in LeBron James's chalk. Chalk in your beer? Oh yeah, if I was. Oh yeah, because I would be fucking right there. I'd be yelling and cheering in his face, and I'd be honored. I'd be yelling at him and say, "Buy me a beer, man!" I'd be honored to have LeBron James's chalk just get all up in my beard, in my hair, and then I kind of shake my hair, and he like it keeps going. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wouldn't even look at him. So you're telling me that you have courtside <laughs> seats at the Staples Center directly in front of where LeBron James does the chalk and you're not even looking. You're yeah. you are actively and keep in mind this guy's like 69250. So you have to like actively look away. I'll stand up and turn my back to him. You're going to stand selfie. up, <laughs> turn the other direction and then take a selfie pretend that I don't notice him like, "Hey LeBron, can you get out of my shot? You're blocking what my are you, shot." What man. are you doing courtside at a Lakers game in the first place then? They're playing the Raptors. <laughs> You're like, LeBron, I can't, I can't see, I can't see tickets, Kyle Lowry. Get out, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Cheap I can't tickets see tickets in L.A. because they don't care when Toronto comes to town. So right, right, right. Cheap tickets. All that's where all the Canadian, when all the Canadian celebs go on yeah. that one day. Uh, anyways, yeah, that six-man tag was fun. <laughs> that's all you got to know. That's all you got to know. Face, yeah. Babyface has got the win. I mean, I think of the... Uh, yeah. Tribute match, you got to give him the big feel-good win. Of course. I think the big takeaway from this was the Big E uh, singles push. Yeah. Slight rebranding. That's... Yeah, that was my takeaway. Uh, and that was it. Good guys win. Uh, we move, move right along. Murphy taking on King Corbin. And I laughed a bit during Murphy's entrance. You know how on SmackDown when the guys come down, they have like the screen and it has like little facts on the I side. know where you're going. I know where you're going. <laughs> so Murphy's coming down. The facts pop up. Hometown, Melbourne, Australia. Signature move, Murphy's Law. Girlfriend is Aaliyah Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. Isn't this guy like a two-time cruiserweight champion? Cruiserweight champion, NXT tag champion. NXT tag yeah. champion. Uh, yeah. Or even Murphy just or put a thing about how much they can bench. I don't care. It can be any And no one else is ever. Like, Nobody just, else no is one else third boyfriend biggest. Boyfriend or girlfriend is on there. And so the first so the first one, birthplace, factual. Can't really change it. Yeah. Second That's one, cool. finisher. There is a, You could choose what your finisher is, but again, very factual. Third yeah, one was no. build like an achievement. <laughs> like yeah. his biggest achievement in life. Girlfriend, Aaliyah. To have 
to have a Leah Mysterio awkwardly cradle your arm as you make your way down to the <laughs> ring while you're uh. greased. And okay, now there, there's a visual thing now between them that gets me is that he is in wrestling attire, greased up, ready to go, and she's dressed like she's going to the Prada store. It's like seeing those two things directly beside of each other is like too much of a juxtaposition. Because even if Rusev and Lana did it, Lana was dressed in like with like a with like a with a blazer that had shoulder pads, you know, something something yeah. that meant, was meant to maybe look more like a well, little Rusev more has style, maybe a little more politically kind of charged, right? Something the way a professional businesswoman would, where Leah does dresses like a thought, and it's too much <laughs> to have right beside each other, like greased up Australian wrestler and Fashion Nova promoter. It's just too much to have right directly beside each other, and I'm not for it at all. Well, Let's get Dominic. By the Dominic, by the way. I was about to say, if, what, if you thought that was a lot. a fucking bright pink. Hot pink. Hot pink turtleneck with the chain turtleneck. on the, the outside. Wasn't it a turtleneck? With the it chain turtleneck. on the oh, yeah. outside tucked into yeah. his black fucking just Pants. normal slacks whatever Crazy. it was and he's got these dumb little harry potter uh, fucking s s glasses on <laughs> dumb little haircut um i'd rather not see him at all i wonder did he pick this outfit or was I it like wardrobe fucking hope well he's with fashion nova also <laughs> <laughs> they're all just wearing terrible clothing uh for instagram hoes and yeah the the downfall of n n n we should have a cat we we should have a shooties category that's like you know because of course we have rising st we have the breakout star or rising star kind of category we should also have the like immediate failure or immediate disappointment category <laughs> like my hopes i've never had my hopes so high for a professional wrestler and then immediately shattered because of this turtleneck because of this Fucking hot pink turtleneck. Have you ever seen that? Uh, it's like a meme now of The Rock wearing a turtleneck and a fanny pack. Of course, yeah. Classic on. photo. That's Classic basically. <laughs> I think he could turn that into, you know, if he starts making fun of himself, make a meme out of it. Start. It was like, no, I want that. I want to look like that, but with a pink turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where he went wrong. Yeah. I used well, to have an orange turtleneck. I looked fine in it. It wasn't like a bright, popping, fucking ne neon 80s party orange. It was just like a normal orange. I never liked the turtleneck. Wearing it, I mean. The look of it is fine. It's a, no, it's a, it's a good look, you know. I mean, it was the only turtleneck I ever owned in my life, so who knows? I'll probably never go back to it. <laughs> I always felt like I was being choked. <laughs> I don't want my clothes to be enveloping my neck. <laughs> uh, but anyways, they had a match. Murphy Corbin. And Corbin's got these two goons that come out with him that you may or may not recognize as Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler, the Forgotten Sons. The Forgotten Sons, forgotten by us, uh, forgotten by the releasing, uh, the Forgotten yeah. Sons. Yeah, Jackson Riker was not with them. Uh, so anyways, these two goons are here to help out Corbin since he was cheated last week. Uh, Murphy's in control. Corbin's goons attack Dominic and Ray, so Murphy tries to help them. Corbin catches him with the end of taste, picks up the win. So hey, hey. yeah, that's great. Baron, like, dude, uh, you you know the amount of respect that we have for Baron Corbin on this show. That you have that, that you we 
<laughs> yeah, I I love he's fucking on television every single week, and clearly clearly that. they're doing clearly he's doing something right. God support it. Uh, I mean, it's not like Chad Gable is making it. If if this if Chad Gable's making a TV every week, you're like <laughs> hell yeah, let's go, let's go. I would be hell yeah, exactly right. But Baron Corbin keeps on keeping on. Um, is he he's still King Corbin, right? Yeah, we can get rid of that moniker i think soon yeah i hope so yeah anyways oh well main event otis kevin owens taking on jay uso roman reigns but roman doesn't come out gotta teach jay some tough love so he's fighting two on one but eventually roman does come out um beats the shit out of otis with the stairs but he's not the legal man so the ref doesn't dq him but i've seen people dq'd for last oh of course what remember that wasn't what was the what was oscar dq'd for like a few months One ago. time I was like she literally just ran across the ring or something. Didn't even touch it. It was something dumb it and it was something really at a pay-per-view <laughs> and it was something that made me go what? But I can't There's, remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. But uh, anyways, now Otis, he's kind of taken out. So tides have turned. It's two on one against Owens. Oh, uh, Uso hits a big super kick. Climbs to the top rope for the Uso splash. But Reigns just yells at him to get down. Tags in. Uh, so Uso gets down but Owen intercepts him with a stunner, but then Reigns jumps in, beats up Owens, locks in the guillotine, but then the ref does call for the DQ. I don't know. I guess legal men weren't involved. It was (laughs) whatever. Doesn't matter. Uso just grabs some chairs. They start beating the shit out of Owens. Uh, Then, yeah, they put a chair on top of him, and Uso hits the big splash, and then uh, Reigns hits Uso with a chair. Just gets mad at him. Says, why do I trust you every time? Keep repeating myself as he beats him down. So Rain stands tall over everyone, just to end the show looking like a bad dog. It's uh, Jimmy Uso's involvement now is the point where I have no clue what's going on. In his week-to-week status, we don't know if he's actually kind of like, you know, at the table. Because uh, you would think, it was like two weeks ago, he's right there to support Jay. But then like this week, not there. <laughs> not there at all. Let's him get up beat up by, you know, by the f- Roman. And then next week, will he be there or not? I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, I gotta think he's he's been gone for a while. It's gotta be close to that injury being ready. Yeah, the um up. yeah, like I said, the whipping boy thing, it doesn't change week to week, or at least it hasn't been. Uh just great to or yeah, I think at the end of this all, we're gonna be like, hey, what was the point of having Jey Uso as the whipping boy? It's gonna it's gonna come to something. Yeah. Well, it's already, you know, he's main evented many shows because of this. Oh, yeah, two two straight pay-per-views, <clears throat> I think. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but, yeah, that was your smack-a-down. Smack-a-down. So let's move right along. Money Night Raw. Let's get right. Let's get right. Randy Orton's coming out, cuts a promo on The Fiend, and everything's been going on. The Firefly Funhouse pops up on the screen, and uh, Bray says he's by himself this week because Randy was so mean to Alexa. Then he transforms into a little game show. Let's get Randy and the puppets play, and uh, I don't know. doesn't really matter. Nobody ends up winning. Orton challenges Bray Wyatt to a match tonight. Not The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. So that'll happen. But it's going to be Bray Wyatt. Ooh, <laughs> regular Bray. Regular old Bray. Um that's fun. I guess you know you wanna you wanna keep those uh viewers for that third hour of Raw. 
fucking tell them in the first. Hey, if you keep watching this show, you're going to see something you're going to want to see. And uh, they, they did exactly that. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Oscar taking on Shayna Baszler. Of course, Lana and Nia Jax are on the outside of the ring. And they do announce that Lana and Oscar are officially getting a tag title shot at TLC. So I'm very pumped for that. Yeah. <laughs> I know you but are. Anyways, I know you are. Yeah. But Oscar Shayna is the first time these two have ever fought. So one of the big title feuds in the future that they're saving. Uh, but they have a nice little technical match here. Both of them very proficient in the submission game. Asuka's looking for that Asuka lock. But outside, Lana's cheering her on. But Big Bad Lana attacks. Or sorry, Big Bad Naya attacks Lana. Lana fights back, though. Throws Naya into the stairs. She jumps off the steps, going for like a meteora. But Naya catches her. Looks to powerbomb onto the announce table. But Lana reverses it with a hurricanrana. A hurricanrana, <laughs> if you will. Which slams Naya into the table. And this whole commotion distracts Baszler. And Asuka rolls her up for the three. So, hey, that happens on TLC. We got a new champ. You'd have a new champ. Yeah, this weird thing keeps happening to me where it's like, yeah, so, uh, so the, and I think we got the same thing last week or whenever whenever these kind of four all meet up. Uh, Shayna and Asuka do the heavy lifting and then leave these little these little moments for Nia Jax and Lana <laughs> to be slept in there because I get it. And, and this match was no different. Asuka and Baszler, they did the heavy lifting. They, their time kind of gets cut short because that is clearly the bigger match in the future is Asuka and Shayna, or at least, you know, it seems yeah. it seems as though that's clear to me. However, as a result of this, though, it, it, it's weird. It's like, it's like Shayna's the one who's going to be in the bigger match later, but Nia's the one that shit needs to happen now. So Shayna needs to take pins now so Nia can take a big one sooner then Shayna can just kind of come back and have the bigger match. It's this weird thing where the, Shayna Baszler keeps getting pinned. However, I know that her and Asuka is the bigger match down the line. Yeah, and Lana pinning Nia is the big one for the But it's for the kind of like the time being. Yeah, like we said, we could be Mania, can be Asuka, Shayna, sure. Fantastic. But like for right now, we need Lana to pin Nia. I don't know. Such, a, such an it. oddly booked thing. Of course, I said we. I said we. <laughs> wow. I'm not convinced. <laughs> You're <just> not convinced <laughs> about my... Uh... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I kid, I kid. You know, she broke that table streak, at least. We haven't seen her go through a table. Of course, yeah. Well, uh, nine and one. That was the... That, that, <laughs> yeah. that was her uh, fucking mania. Her, her, her taker mania moments. Yeah. But then we go to some intergender. Actually, no. I mean, mixed tag, not intergender. Mm-hmm. Just mixed tag. Slapjack and Reckoning teaming up against Ricochet, Dana Brooke. So, hey, I'm happy Reckoning's getting to wrestle again. Uh, Dana Brooke's even sporting a black eye from their match last week. Yeah, we thought that might have been it for them. Or <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, Mustafa Ali's on the outside just barking at Reckoning. And she's starting to yell back at him. So some dissension growing there. Uh, and this whole distraction allows Dana to grab her. And Dana hits his cool new finishing move. It was like a... Death Valley Michinoku driver. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I'm sure she has a shorter name for it, but that gets her the three count. So Dana Brooke looks pretty good here. Mustafa Ali, though, is not happy. Yells at his team for losing, and uh, hey, I'm not happy either that Reckoning has lost her. First two matches, 
but I wouldn't mind if this leads to them kicking her out of the group and she can just be Mia Yim. Well, if, yeah, it, sound, it feels like this is, you know, her failing and breaking away from the rest of the group, but it doesn't work. And fucking Retribution continues to be the weirdest booked thing yeah. In professional wrestling, you know, from not from not having Mustafa Ali as being their leader and then not really getting booked to then like, boom, big reveal, it's Mustafa Ali, and then we're still not really getting booked, and then having a member leave and still not really getting booked. Um, and God, who the hell knows? And it seems like Slapjack is the one getting all the time out of these. What, what, what about <clears throat> Dijakovic? Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know why. Like, I, they, I wonder uh... why, how they've sort of picked this... Uh, <clears throat> And they can't even... It's so weird, too. I'm trying to picture all the stables that are going right now uh, sort of in, in professional wrestling. And they all so many of them seem to be on the same page. and uh, Or, you know, at least their group has a purpose. And Retribution doesn't have a purpose right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Letter free. Free me, yeah, yeah. Yep. Anyways, we they show a nice little Instagram post from Becky Lynch, posted the birth of her and Seth Rollins', Rollins child, a nice baby girl, future WWE Women's Champion, Rue. Rue, yeah, let's get that match going. Uh, where Moxley? Where's Moxley's kid? Let's get the Moxley baby out here right away. Uh, <laughs> the Seth Rollins baby's already going to be working on their buckle bombs. Yeah. So far, uh, it sounds like they've all had women. Mrs. Baby, Daniel Bryan's baby. The women's division in twenty five in twenty five years is gonna be fucking stacked. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there you go, nice little the the, the Canellis babies. <laughs> well, yeah, who knows? Oh, it's, oh who the Canellis babies making their way back into the company. You know they are. I mean, the Canellises aren't that legendary. What? They're still they're still a part of the uh, they're still a part of the lore. <laughs> Every wrestler that has a baby now we can't get too. Crazy. They're still a part of the lore, of course, right? You know the uh, Roderick Strong, uh, Maria Shafir, uh, son. He's working his way up the physical ranks. He's probably like four now. <laughs> you know he's almost ready to go. We'll see. Uh, Miz and Morrison in the ring for Miss TV, and they bring out their guests AJ Styles and almost. Uh, and Miz and Morrison sucking up. They're dancing. They're singing along to AJ's theme, trying to be real friendly with him so he can help cash in. Uh, yeah, they talk about AJ facing Drew for the title in two weeks and start insulting Drew and Sheamus, Sheamus just putting on accents, mocking them. It was a little funny. Morrison was kind of funny with his. Yeah, John, Mar uh, John Morrison, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. He's, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, but Sheamus, he's seen enough. He comes out. Gives his rebuttal, and then Drew McIntyre comes out to stand beside him, and Miz says he's, uh, yeah, he tells Miz, you got no balls, you're a sidekick bitch, and anyways, they all start brawling, Sheamus and Drew stand tall, and uh, Drew picks up Miz's briefcase and just chucks it, pretty good toss, hits an LED board. Breaks <laughs> yeah, it. breaks it for a second, I was like, oh no. Yeah, I'm like, ah, how much does each board cost? Yeah, a couple hundred. Couple hundred? Thousand. That's not too That's bad. That's a thousand at least. Yeah. I was going to say. Uh, then we go singles action. Kofi Kingston, Shelton Benjamin, one on one. Just kind of continue this New Day Hurt Business feud. Pretty quick little match. Uh, Shelton's outside, beats a count out at nine, but he runs right into the trouble in paradise. So Kingston gets the win. But after Cedric Alexander gets on the mic and tells him, get back here, let's have a fight. So we just jump right in. Kofi, Cedric, uh, during the commercial break, I guess Kofi had a 
awkward landing from a monkey flip, so he's selling his leg. So Cedric's working over the leg and eventually hits a lumbar check, gets a three count. It's a nice little win for Cedric. Yeah, nice little win. And uh, they had the tag match before. They're going to have it again. TLC is itching for a ladder match. Yeah, let them have it. That'd be fun. Uh, but then we got a three-on-two handicap match. Miz, Mo, and AJ against Drew and Sheamus. Uh, they may be outnumbered, but Drew and Sheamus certainly have that size-strength advantage here. Uh, and early on, though, there's some controversy. You know, Miz ducks a punch, causing Sheamus to hit Drew. And uh, yeah, Vince, so you know, hitting your partner accidentally, but was it? Who knows? Uh, and eventually happens again is. Seamus goes for a broke kick on Morrison, but he avoids it. Seamus hits Drew, and then he turns around to a phenomenal forearm from AJ. So the heels get the win. Oh, big old heels get the win. AJ Drew is the matchup we're getting at TLC. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, and then they announced that next week, Lana is going to face Nia Jax one-on-one. So Lana's pretty scared about this. Talking to Asuka backstage. And, but Asuka's good friend hypes her up. Saying, I believe in myself. I believe I can beat Nia Jax. Uh, Lana repeats her. We will become women's tag champs. And then Lana turns around and Nia is just standing there shaking her head. Like a big. Yeah, we'll see him next week. Yeah, see you next week. Uh, Backstage, Charlie is interviewing Seamus about him broke kicking Drew. And he says, ah, I know Drew's going to come back here and try to kick my ass for that. And I'll try to kick his ass. But it wasn't intentional. And then Drew walks up, stares him down. We go to commercial. We come back, and they are, they're they're both just brawling until Pat Buck tries to break it up, and they both put him through a table together. And then they just seem to make up and agree to go out for a bunch of pints. Like a couple good lads. Yeah, let's go for some points. <laughs> uh, then we get Bobby Lashley taking on Jeff Hardy. But before the match begins, uh, backstage, Riddle talks to Jeff, proposes that they tag tag together and become the Hardy Bros. Jeff's like, all right, I like it, man, but I got to go. Got to go match. So Riddle says, okay, man. Uh, You didn't get one of my bro-nuts, though. He's got a big pack of donuts. The bro-nuts. Are they uh, weed donuts? Probably not if in in Jeff's sobriety. Oh, that's true. Maybe that's why he turned it down. Yeah, probably. Can't take anything. I mean, Riddle, they're bro-nuts. Anyways, more for me, Riddle says. On to the match. Hardy's looking good. He goes for the whisper in the wind, but then MVP jumps on the apron to distract him. So Riddle runs out, attacks MVP. So Bobby and Jeff go back and forth. Uh, Jeff hits a twist of fate, goes for the swanton, but then Lashley avoids it, hits a spear, then the hurt lock to get the submission win. Yeah, way to go, bud. So yeah, Lashley's go. just kind of hanging on. Yeah, Lash- like Lashley's hanging on, and yeah, I like we've mentioned before, nobody wants the it. US title. Nobody wants it. Yeah, U.S. title. We need some more contenders. Yeah, nobody wants I it. I mean, why this? Yeah, I don't know. Well, because our our main title scene right now, or I guess like this this title, uh, the WWE Championship. So we have Drew and AJ, but clearly Sheamus wants a piece of the pie. Uh, the Miz has the briefcase. John Morrison goes yeah. everywhere he goes. <laughs> I uh, and then I'm trying to think about what. Yeah, and, the, that's like and, then we, and then we had and then we had years. Randy and Bray, and then the tag match. Like we didn't have anybody else on the card. <laughs> who else? Who else do we have? Yeah, we need a chairs match. We need a tables match still. So, 
I don't know. I don't know who the who yeah, who the hell's in line for these US title right now. We'll see. They haven't built anyone up. Yeah, they really haven't. Oh well, let's go to the main events. Uh Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt. Uh Bray though, not in his usual red sweater. Going with a brown this week. Yep, changing it up, changing it up. Change it up. Yeah, I mean you gotta wash things, but mm-hmm. uh starts off as his, you know, his timid little funhouse self. Uh Randy's in control. But then Bray gets more aggressive as it goes on, starts fighting back until Orton hits his big draping DDT and he's ready to hit the RKO when the lights start shutting down. Uh, but he hits the RKO anyways, goes for the pin, but the lights fully go out. And when the lights turn back on Orton, he's now covering the Fiend who sits up, locks in the mandible claw and just stands over Orton to end the show. How did he do that? I mean, they say it's live, but maybe that part maybe was Maybe there was a little, uh, there was that little pre-taped bit there. Yeah. That was great. That was so Because I don't see how he could have got the contact lenses in that. Yeah, and anyway. there's probably some makeup that kind of gets added on. That yeah. was a lot of fun. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, such a great way to, so, that was such a great way to end the show. Kind of, you know, keeps the momentum going for everybody. Like, that's not a lose or a win. That's almost like a split decision, that last match. Uh, you know or not it's not quite a no contest both guys won (laughs) it's a push yeah it's a push we'll put it's a skin (laughs) if we're playing skins this will push yeah you don't get your money back we're gonna head you put your bet on the next exactly yeah something uh yeah no alexa this week but that was okay yeah that was fine sure that's it that was it that's your that's raw that's the first half of the show the raw the first half of the show mike we should take a break Let's do that. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got trivia Wednesday night, so stick around. We're back with the show here, folks. Part two of the show. The the what uh, the what it's it's the Wednesday night portion. One one could call it. Usually, that's the way she goes. I think if we ever, if we ever find a, to- find a, you know, like kind of when we decide this has to be two shows a week, uh, part one and two would probably be the place that we would try to split it at. Yeah, I think that would. You know, be we would reasonable. do like. Uh, you know, I think there's been a couple times we've done two shows in a week. Yeah, it used to be like science. on like a five day. You know, a <laughs> yeah. five-day cycle or something. So you're always being sure to cover a little bit every single time. But that's beside the point. Let's get into uh, let's get into the second half of the show. Let's kick off with our trivia. Trivia. Woo. Trivia. Woo. Trivia. Mike, I have three <laughs> questions for you today. Well, I've got a. A mini, a mini gauntlet for you. A so, mini well, gauntlet. Yeah, there'll only be ten at the most questions. Ten quick. at the most questions sounds terrifying. Uh, so I'm just gonna go right into it. I'm gonna run this gauntlet. You're gonna run my gauntlet first. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Okay, we're gonna start. I'll tell you what it is. That's how we start. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I picked something that I know you have been around for the entire history of you oh. personally. So, you know, sometimes I pick things that you weren't around for, but you still know. But today we're talking about the NXT North American Championship. Oh. Because we're going we're gonna to start at the beginning, and we're going to go through every single title change in that belt's history. There's only been 10. 
But uh, let's start from the top. Who was the inaugural NXT North American champion? It was uh, Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole, baby. That ladder match. That's right. My so, uh, my fa- my uh, my top match ever. If if you if your if top those, match if those ever. can recall the. Uh, I remember it being in the top five. I couldn't remember if it was two or one. Oh, baby. Haven't rewatched the episode yet. Sorry, folks. But yes, Adam Cole, Bay Bay. He won that belt. He held it for 133 days and then lost it too. Ah, fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Um, Okay, he never won it back. So what would have have happened to it? You get three strikes in this game. In the whole game. In the whole game, so Adam Cole wins oh, it. It would have been, uh, it would have been Adam Cole loses the belt to Ricochet in that match where Ricochet goes for like the back handspring, or he goes for like <laughs> the moonsault off the top, and then Adam yeah. Cole super kicks him on the way down. Uh, that's the spot. That's the spot that I remember from that one. Couldn't tell you where or when it was, but it was Ricochet. That does not matter. It was Ricochet. Yeah, take over Brooklyn Four. You got the exact. So Ricochet gets it. He holds it for 161 days, and then he loses it. Two. Okay, so this was the moment where. Okay, so there was a thing where, like the this the two res, two results were recorded for the match. Uh, yes, this. And was, I can't yeah. remember if it's this. So if it's, you know, so I. Because, okay, so Velveteen Dream was one of the participants in that match. But I'm trying to remember right now if it was with Ricochet or whoever next up would have been. Well, um, I will say. I know. I I feel as though you have a question that's pertinent to whatever I just said. I mean, what you're saying is, is, uh, is all realistic things, but maybe not yet. Yeah. Maybe soon. Um, but Ricochet Dream, I feel like I can't see it. But Ricochet, I guess it would have yeah. to be um, Ricochet Gar- Shaw Johnny Gargano. I mean, it would have to be. It yeah. is Mr. Johnny Gargano. So he wins it, uh, but he only holds it for four days and then loses it, too. Right. So this was this, I think this was the match with the two different. Yes, two endings were recordings, taped. which means that it was Gargano Dream. Yeah, Gargano Dream. So is that you're saying Dream wins the belt? Uh, yeah, that's correct. That is correct. Dream wins the belt. Uh, and then he holds it for a record 231 days before losing it on an episode of NXT to which man? Uh, I'm going to say this is Roderick Strong. Roddy Strong fulfills the prophecy. I believe he was the last one to win the belt. Yeah. I think this was NXT's TV debut, if I recall my history. Oh, really? Debuted. Okay. He wins the belt. They have all the belts. Uh, and he holds it for a nice 126 days and then loses it on television, too. To uh, Keith Lee. Keith Lee. That's right. Keith Lee holds it for 175 days. And then what happens with Keith Lee? Then he vacates it because he, yeah, <laughs> he was double champ. Yeah, he was double champ. He vacates it, so that's a bonus one. Throw that in there. Uh, then we got to settle this. So at TakeOver 30, they have a five-way ladder match. And who wins that? Fuck. It's Gargano or Damian Priest? I just can't remember which one. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah. So I feel like it was Johnny Gargano. 
No, 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 no. It was Damian Priest, and then Johnny Gargano, and then Leon Ruff, and now Gargano again. Well, yeah, that about wraps it up. That was uh, that was oh, it. God. That was it. That was so fun. That was so yeah. fun. You're right. I was. I've been, since the since the inception of the entire thing. I know that you would have at least seen every single one of these matches. Uh, some way or another. Yeah, and <laughs> so, we we saw a triple threat North American Championship at uh, at NXT Takeover Toronto. It wasn't uh, it, it, Roddy. Ha- I think Roddy had it, and it didn't change hands. It did. Uh, ye- but it was it was Dream, Pete Dunne, and Roddy. That was the uh, that was what we saw. I think Dream won. Looking at the dates here on my calendar, because Roddy Strong won it in September, and the pay per view would have been in August. Oh, okay, so Dream already ha- Dream retained. Dream had it and retained, yeah. Dream retained. But yeah. anyways, you got it all. You got it all. Oh, that was, that was it. Ten reigns in the history of the belt, and Johnny's had three. Three. John, yeah, that's uh, he's at thirty percent of the. Uh, yeah. Of the overall tag t- or the overall North American Championship range. Okay, Mike, I got questions for you this week. I only have three questions here for you. Uh, sting questions. Sting. It's Sting. Okay. Of course, we're gonna we're gonna hear from the big man later on, on our Wednesday night war. But I have three questions for you, Mr. Mike. Okay, first of all, Sting is a three-time WCW tag team champion with three separate people. Uh, a soon-to-be uh, soon two-time WWE Hall of Fame, a probable <laughs> future WWE Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And one person who, at this point, will probably never make the Hall of Fame. <laughs> who are they? Um, uh, I want to say one of them was. Wait, you said one of them's a two-time Hall of Famer? Soon to be two-time. Soon to be two-time. Who is going in this year? I forget because it was so long ago and they delayed it. I know. I know there was a group. Was it NW? No, not NWO. Were they going in this year? I may have heard that. I feel like I've- I may have. <laughs> okay. I may have heard that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first partner, I'm going to say Sting and Kevin Nash. Pretty sure as the Wolf Pack, they want it together. You got one? Okay. Uh, the other, you said, is probably a future Hall of Famer. A so future, yeah, future. So this was WCW. We're still we're talking three-time tag champ WCW, right? Mm-hmm. Then the other one's never probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, at this point, a- they're probably never going to make it. So he's probably a bad person, like done something wrong or said something or bad beef with the company, maybe. Could be. <laughs> but there's a lot of people like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're describing hundreds of people right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Let's picture Sting. Oh, uh, one of them, I think, uh, Lex Luger. I'm pretty sure they were good buddies. Yeah. Lex Luger is probably never going to make the Hall of Fame at this point. So I'll I give you them. I think he might. I oh, think he might. Okay. But. But no, yeah, I mean, he might not. Dead people take a while. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah, he's not dead. No. I don't know. Maybe he's not. You have one more. But I got two. So the other one is the one that is probably going to make the Hall of Fame, you think? Yeah. Oh, opinion. for sure. Uh, for sure. For okay. sure. But they're not yet in. No. Uh, and they're not yet announced. Have I don't even believe they would be eligible. Okay. So they're probably still young. I don't know. I'm feeding for fishing. Well, I don't know. It's fucking Sting in WCW. Uh, so how true. young so could they be? <laughs> how young it's could weird. they be? Yeah, that's uh anyways, okay. So Nash, Luger, one more tag champ, thinking of Sting, either the white face paint or the red face paint. Or maybe even early surfer sting. 
early surfers day. I wouldn't know that as well. You're you're stalling. I am. (laughs) Okay, let's just pick. Let's say that Sting and Diamond Dallas Page. DDP's a good guess. The third. Oh wait, no, he's already in the hall. Yeah, yeah, you said the name. It was a bad guess. Well, I oh, well. Guess, oh, well. I guess. Oh, well. Uh, if you could guess one more, I'm sure you would have said the big show or the giant. Ah. Uh, whatever yeah. you want to know him as. Uh, he was yeah. he was what I considered the future. Oh, yeah. Hall he's a guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, see, he, he's Hall a lock. He feels like a lock. Okay, Mike. All right. Question number two for you. Okay. Uh, in Sting's career, he has two five-star matches. Two of them. Mm. Both of which had a particular stipulation. This is a multiple choice. You're going to... Ch- Pick which the stipulation was. Okay? Okay. okay. Were they two World War Three matches? Were they two Iron Man matches? Two War Games matches? Or two Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal matches? <laughs> so two of the same type of matches he had were both five stars. That is correct. Okay. Uh, I'm going to probably say not Spin the Wheel. I know that World War Three. That was the one with the three rings. I think it was something wild, rings. something wild like that. Yeah, which is like a triple Royal Rumble. Uh, <laughs> I think, but I don't know if those were worth five stars. Might have been too crazy. So you got War Games, and what's the other one? Uh, Iron Man. Iron Man. Uh, I don't even think Iron Man was a thing back then. So I'm probably just gonna go with War Games here. Your power of deduction got you. Yeah, that's right. War games. Ninety-one and ninety-two. Ooh, yeah, probably could not name all the members. Uh, yeah, all sorts <laughs> of people like that. But um, but yeah, there were Iron Man matches around that time. Sting participated in some sometimes. Interesting. Yeah, the whole sixty minute. Uh, I I don't know what an Iron Man match was. I guess length of time, but that's what it yeah. was considered. Oh, well, okay. Anyways, question number three for you here, Sting. And, of course, uh, Jeff Hardy involved in one of the most infamous wrestling moments of all time. One could say at Victory Road 2011 when he pinned the drunk Jeff Hardy in a minute 28 to retain. Not just drunk. Fucked up. Jeff Hardy (laughs) to retain the TNA championship at Victory Road 2011. My question for you, Mike, is what was the stipulation that was tied to that match? Uh, besides world title. Besides think, world title. Yeah. I think it might have been career. Like if Sting loses, his career's over. So I'll go with that. Sorry, it was. You are incorrect, Mike. It was actually oh. a no DQ, Mike. Uh, no, uh, no, blah, blah. no DQ. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't uh, follow TNA too closely at the time, but of course I saw that incident. The whole wrestling world saw that incident. The whole wrestling world saw that incident. Yeah, nothing too crazy, but who knows what the match could have been. Yeah. I mean, Sting was very disappointed. Yeah. He, he opted the mic. And he's the way, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, sorry. The, yeah. the fans chant bullshit, and he's like, I agree. I agree. I agree. This was bullshit. And the stare, he stares death into Hardy. Oh, yeah. This is just sad. He, Such like, a after sad the pen, it was clip just, watching yeah. in retrospect. Yeah, there's Bish- a really good. Bischoff really is there too, and oh yeah, the WWE uh, 24 on the Hardy Boys is really good because they have all that TNA footage they get to use, so they cover that in depth and just go over all the dark stuff. But it's really interesting. Wait, they have the TNA footage? Yeah, I think they're on pretty, at least with 
at this stuff, they like have a bunch of t- Dixie Carter's even in the thing. I think Im- I thought Impact had the TNA stuff. I don't know. I guess for this special, they licensed stuff. Though. Was it all, all right. this stuff after Jeff Hardy came back to TNA after that incident, where it's him backstage getting lectures from other professional wrestlers? Have you uh, seen these clips? Maybe. Okay, I, mean, I, had, I, I I need to find them and show them to you. Like, so, is it a real, like, real no, like, so, rec- what, lecture hangar, or is it part of the show? It's, like, it's a work, but it's meant to be filmed like a shoot. And oh. so it was TNA, so after, I guess, there was whatever sort of drama and fallout, and then he returns to television on TNA, right? And then it's all, like, this hastily, or, you know, the kind of, it's, it's as if... Uh, the camera guys are just catching them at this intimate moment, you know, backstage yeah. or something. And it comes up to them. There's one with AJ. There's one with uh, fucking uh, who? Uh, the Dudley boys, two or three D. It's like, hey, man, you got to clean up. Yeah. And it's five <laughs> minutes. Honestly, it's like the one with AJ is like four minutes of him just like yelling at Jeff Hardy like he's a dad. And his son just came home drunk from his first party uh, <laughs> talking about, you know, like oh, I had to work my ass off in this company industry you you came in you know money blah 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 all that kind of thing and it was and then jeff hardy's kind of there he's like yeah i know i'm sorry if you if you can't tell right now i'm rubbing my hands together in that way that he does when he thinks yeah, yeah he does that i understand and then like later on the show keeps going and then later on it's the dudley boys like we had so much together you could have called me like you were at my daughter's birthday <laughs> like, and jeff hardy's just like i know I know, <laughs> like, and yeah. it was almost like, oh my god, dude! This is like, is this part of rehab? I'm not sure. <laughs> he has had a wild ride. That was uh, that was our trivia, though. Let's <laughs> kick off our Wednesday night war. Um, let's go right into it because uh, we had the big news. Let's let's talk about. So let's start talking about some all elite wrestling. AEW all elite. They coming for you, Vince. Better watch out. It's too sweet. We'll recap, I guess, sort of the Tuesday night occurrence, which was um, pretty much Kenny and Don Callis just chatting about Kenny Omega wants to be the belt collector, that he he loves collecting things. Yeah, he's already got two, and he says, hey, maybe I'll go after the Impact title. Why not? So who knows? So that story is ongoing. Still very exciting, though. I don't know if you saw the Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone commercial. Yeah, the paid advertisement. The paid advertisement, which was also pretty funny. (laughs) It had like the 80s cheesy vibe. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm Tony Khan. And he was just sitting there in his little, like, he's such a, he looks like this little, like, nerd. (laughs) They should have been like, hey, I'm Tony and Tony. Oh, yeah, the Tony and Tony thing, they're going to get there. Eventually. They'll get there. So yeah, no, it confused nothing... me a bit early later in the show. Someone says Tony, and I'm like, "What's Tony?" Are you you talking never know which Tony they're going to be talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, more on that impact stuff, I guess, as the time goes on. But it seems as though Don Callis, at least, is here to stay. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, Tony Khan even joked about buying Impact. He's like, "Hey, maybe I'll buy Impact." <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh my God, imagine that!" Yeah. Uh, I like I I like the Kenny Omega. I like Kenny Omega promos, and sometimes I see people hating on Kenny Omega promos, and I don't get it. Uh, well, I think he's works. I think overall he works better as a heel. Very much so. So this was, yeah, I like this a lot. I like that they were inside the nice big tour bus. Looks cool. Yes, I. I sometimes people don't like just the way Kenny Omega talks. I think he is so much of a character <laughs> that it, you have to you have to buy into him. 
yeah. if you if you're thinking of you know a professional wrestler, if, it, you know you have to buy into the world at least, right? Fall into kayfabe for a second, and he's a dream. Yeah, no, I had no problem with this promo. I hope he does become the collector, like a, a Thanos. Imagine that, you know, we, you s- we see him with the AAA, the Impact, the uh, NWA, the NWA, because that's such a thing that, you know, very or as much smaller indie wrestlers you will see. I remember yeah. a picture of like Austin Aries and he had like six belts on him, but they were all from, <laughs> you know, incredibly small promotions. Right. Imagine if Kenny well, just goes all over the place getting the biggest belts in the world. So there's what you do. You get those four. And then obviously the fifth one he wants to go for is the New Japan uh, IWGP heavyweight title. Imagine and you know he who's fighting that. for that title at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, what is Kota it? Bushi and um, Naito, right? Yeah, no, so uh, you... Takahashi. Tanahashi. Sorry, my bad. I think it's Naito. I can't. I've been Fuck, because they've but... been whoever. It's been double champ for the this whole time too. Oh my god, what's Moxley gonna do? Can we start talking about John Moxley? <laughs> well, getting... so here's what's gonna. Here's what I'm saying. Getting worked. Abushi. I'm getting worked up for nothing. Obushi wins the heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom, and then Kenny Omega Obushi for that title because Omega wants the fifth final belt. And then you have an amazing match, Obushi Omega. Yeah, it's uh, it's Naito or Obushi. They have to they they have a matchup on night one for yeah. the IWGP heavyweight and IC t- championship. And then they defend it the second night against Jay White, I think. And then Kenny Omega pops up. At the end of the match, and goes, "How, ah, Bushi!" And he and he smacks him in the face with his fourteen belts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don Callis has to carry half of them because they're too heavy. Yeah, maybe he should get the little, the cleaner woman to start carrying them out for his entrance. Oh yeah, for sure they can put them on their brooms as they t- walk them down <laughs> to the ring, or whatever. Um, but yeah, there you have it. More on the impact stuff next week. And um, Mike, you know, of course, uh, we had. And I, 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 I hate to jinx it, but we had zero 24-7 championship action uh, wow, on. I didn't even notice. You, you went right past it, right? Yeah. You, it was crazy. It's like uh, Raw Underground. One day it just stopped and oh. it never came oh, back. I'll never forget about <laughs> Raw Underground. But that being said, though, maybe uh, I, I ask myself if the 24-7 championship feels a little bit skittish because there's some big developments in the news of the Being the Elite championship. Of course, uh, uh, what's his name? John Silver. <laughs> Still the champ. He's yeah. doing a great job, by the way. Uh, ri- potential rising star of the future coming up here on um, being the elite. Uh, what you may have missed. There's like this party room that the Dark Order always hang out and drink in. And this week they kind of made a little uh, E.T. Reese's and Pieces with uh, shot glasses for Adam Page to see if he would uh, see if see if he would walk in. You know, kind of like there was like a little shot glass of whiskey, and he was like, "Oh, a couple steps later, another shot glass of whiskey," slowly leading them into, <laughs> uh, into the bar with the Dark Order. Um, uh, yeah, because we, uh, he, he, he's going to be in this tag match coming up in a couple weeks. He's got no partners. Yeah, right. It's lonely. So uh, lo and behold, standing behind the bar is Alex Reynolds and John Silver in a little in little cowboy hats. Uh, and they're saying things like, yeehaw, partner, we want to be your tag champ, yeehaw. Wait, didn't uh, this happen on Dynamite? This happened on Being the, this happened on being the Elite, but uh, did they- They showed re- it on Dynamite? They showed it last night, too? 
I swear I saw this. Well, there right? you go. Well, I, well, I guess we are going to get that, um, which they did show in Being the Elite. But the more important thing is determining the next challenger for the Being the Elite Championship. I think that's a little more important. Uh, yeah. Wait. Yeah, this happened on Dynamite, right? Was Alex Marvez there? Yeah, they could have. They could. They could have shown it twice. That's entirely. I, yeah, I, no, could... yeah, I remember the cowboy hats and the hee haw. And oh, yeah, they show. Yeah. They, oh, they show. Oh, sorry. They show things. They show things twice sometimes. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just making. Of sure. course, like little promotions like that or things kind of leading in. So yeah. yeah. Um. But anyways, more important things. We need a new number one contender for this being the elite championship. Um. Where Evil Uno suggests. Why don't we play a game of Uno? Oh. Uh, so, you know, however Trademark. however the game of Uno is played, we have Trent, we have Evil Uno, we have Aaron Solo, and um, Sean Dean. I don't know. Some guy from Dark uh, <laughs> ends up getting the win. You know, however you win Sean Dean, Uno. I'm upset. Not, I don't know how you win Uno. Um, the Leon the, Ruff of the BTE. The Leon title. Ruff of BTE, exactly. So uh, we're going to get Sean Dean next week. Uh for for the uh for the championship wow wow we'll keep us updated yeah oh, man it's exciting <laughs> shit going on between the mustard the hot chip and the bottle flipping competition um we're really getting places but let's start the show because we got a lot of stuff stings coming back we are going to hear from Kenny Omega, and we have this match that's been being hyped for, I guess, like a two a few weeks now. It seems like the Young Bucks and uh, TH2. Yeah, they've been beefing. A little and, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so non-title match, though, but uh, some good wrestling still. The hybrid, they put up a good fight, but they're not quite ready for the titles yet. So uh, Bucks, they hit this massive double spike tombstone pile driver to the floor. The Indy Taker. They call it sometimes. Hmm. That was cool. The <laughs> but then back in the ring, they hit the BTE trigger on Angelico, and that gets them the win. And then I think after the match, the acclaimed try to jump them real quick, but then SCU chase them off. So yeah, this was a classic. Uh, the refs have no control over the match. Uh, type of it's match that we've, that we've come to learn and love from AEW. Uh, and also one of those matches, it, it seemed to go on for a long time, and there were a lot of big moves. They yeah. were like, oh, that's yeah. it. And then, no, he kicked out. I'm like, oh, Jesus, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was yeah. That was no. it. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, but I guess, you know, I guess that's the system they have sort of on AEW maybe. You know, you work a little bit on Dark come up work a little bit on the main roster then what back down to dark or i mean even just looking at kind of the card for this show uh yeah all familiar all the same old faces yeah yeah mostly mm -hmm. uh and then we get good old tony shavoni in the ring with cody and arn anderson and he asks them about sting showing up last week but before cody can answer the lights go out sting entrance hit hits uh so he comes out and Arn Anderson just says, well, I'm not leading. I'm not needed here. So he leaves, and Tony does the same. He just hands the mic over to Sting. But Sting is so happy to see his old friend Tony, so he gives him a big hug, puts his arm over his pal, and says, let's do it one time. And Tony does the whole, it's Sting! It's Sting! <laughs> yeah. So then uh, he gives Cody. Cody gets on the mic and thanks Sting for the assist last week, and he's been waiting to share a ring with him for a very long time. But Sting says, Cody, I'm not here for you. At least not right now. There's something really familiar about this place. 
and he points up into the stands to Darby Allen, who, much like Sting, is another silent, brooding, face-painted character, likes to hang out in the rafters. <laughs> you know, things like that. <laughs> yeah. So where's a lot? Says, where's a lot of black <laughs> leather? Exactly. But the Stinger has come full circle, and once again, he's in TNT. He's officially signed with AEW, and he plans on being close to the fans and this promotion for a long time. And uh, the way I choose to play it, Cody, is my business. And then he puts his arm around Cody, pulls him in close, says, see you around, kid. So, woo! Little tease. I've heard that Sting does plan on wrestling in some capacity. Who the heck knows? Great voice, though. Yeah, he's got a cool voice. Such a great it's, voice comes out like of that Joker's gaunt, thing. angular jawline. You know, I mean, I'm sure it's like, you know, it's like Freddie Mercury's mouth was, so, you know, jaw was so big and the teeth sort of the way that which that propels the, uh, you know, the Amazing sound voice. forward. Uh, Sting's no different. There's something about those cheekbones. Yeah. Uh, the face paint just brings it out even more. And yeah, contouring. what's he, uh, you know, does he is is does he want to fight Darby or manage him? Does he want to be a friend or foe? Maybe a tag it's team a... match. They can protect Sting. Are they bit. father I'm... and son? We need we need a who's the daddy angle. We need our first who's the daddy angle in uh, AEW. Let's make it this one. It'll happen. Let's make it this one. Why not? <laughs> Could be. But yeah, tag team match. That way you can protect Sting. Have him tag in, hit a couple moves. And Cody was given a little bit of a sass back to him. It seemed like Sting just came out and it was like, hey guys, I'm back. And yeah. Cody like, hey. uh, Cody didn't really like that by the face of it. Well, Sting was giving him some sass. And, ah, see you around, kid. Maybe I'll fight you one day if I care enough. <laughs> Uh, but then we move on to tag team action. The Varsity Blondes. Uh, I think it's Brian Pillman Jr. and I forget. Uh, Griff Griffinson. Griff Garrison. There you go. Griff Garrison. Double G. Double G. Uh, taking on FTR, who I feel like we haven't seen in about a month since they lost the belt. No, well, since they lost the belt, right? No. Yeah. Still one of the top teams going, though. They have a good match. Uh, Dax hits a nice brain buster. And soon after the Goodnight Express, they get the three count. So keep them looking strong. Yep, new uh, the Varsity Blondes though. I like that. Uh, Brian Pillman yeah, Jr.'s got a fucking mullet for the ages. Yeah, it's like uh, his father, Brian Pillman, the the Hollywood Blondes. I'm sure that's inspired by it. I'm sure. Yeah, that's it. Probably is. Then we get Dark Orders number ten, taking on Dustin Rhodes. I like number ten. Yeah, I forget his real name, but they they mentioned it. It's something. Some it's something. It's like Vance. It's, yeah. Lance, Vance Dance. Either way, uh, number ten is the one always in matches. <laughs> he was looking good. Yeah, he was looking pretty good in this match. He was in control, but uh, Dustin fights back. The finish was weird. Dustin hits a running bulldog. And then that was out it. Of nowhere. Yeah. The three. It was like oh okay, yeah. Whatever. I don't know if someone got hurt, time, but it didn't seem like. Time. I don't know. It was just weird. Time. Yeah, but anyways, afterwards, Dark Order comes out. Evil Uno speaks to Dustin, says he wants to improve his future. Uh, you know, right now, Dustin, you're the third most important Rhodes in AEW. So we can help you. Will you take your rightful place as seven of the Dark Order? Which is interesting. I don't know if you know Dustin played a character named Seven in WCW. Oh, really? Very briefly, yeah. Okay. It's like a, he wore all this white face paint with a black Undertaker coat and hat. I'm down. Let's go, number seven. Let's go. <laughs> So anyways, he says, what do you say, Seven? Uno asks. He raises his little hand for, or sorry, he does the Dark Order pose. Uh, Dustin's thinking about it. He lifts his hand, but then slaps Uno in the face. So the other Dark Order members go to jump in, but Uno tells him to back off. 
just tells Dustin, when you see the light and understand, you'll come begging for it. So, I like these developments. If Dark Order were to pick up both Hangman and Dustin, that'd be huge. Yeah, well, I mean, if 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 Brody Lee can also return soon, yeah, um, he must be hurt. I don't know. You know what? I, you know what I learned the other day. Speaking of thirty-nine-year-old uh, Damian Priest, uh, soon to be forty-one-year-old Mister Brody <laughs> Lee. Yeah, well, he's been gone like two months now. Where His birthday's like next week, eh? Isn't it? or it's wild. Christmas, Christmas birthday? No, nah, something, something like yeah, something like that. But uh, but yeah, because without um a leader, really, they feel more. They're certainly more comedic than anything. Uh, yeah. But at least but they're fair. all committed to each other, and they're not br- being broken up. No, they're, they're trying to sell and merch. To they're still trying to recruit. And uh, yeah, Brody Lee, fucking Hangman, and Dustin coming back. Let's say you know maybe that'd around be, the same time. Yeah, Le- that'd be big. Uh, immediate, immediate top stable. One of the immediate yeah. top stables in the company. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Then we go to a sit down interview with Tony. Uh, he's got Brandy Rhodes and Shaquille O'Neal in the house. Because uh, the member. Yes, friend Jade Cargill mentioned him a few weeks ago, so Shaq talks about her. and he, She broke uh, broke Brandy's arm. She broke Brandy's arm, and uh, he says, you know, I didn't appreciate what he did to your arm, Brandy, but, uh, yeah, Brandy's rocking a sling, and she wants to squash any beef before anybody else gets hurt. So Shaq says, hey, man, I mean, <laughs> no disrespect. Wrestlers are the best, best athletes in the world. I love Cody. I love his brother. I love his father. But you and Jade... I uh, can't wait to see that one. I'll be there to watch that. And then Brandy Rhodes goes to leave, and Shaq tells her, well, your arm's injured. You should watch Jade get some pointers. And Brandy does not like that. She says, that's a joke, right? You're going to disrespect me again? I'm sick of this shit. And then she splashes Shaq with a cup of water, calls him an overgrown asshole, and stomps off. Why is it that I <laughs> that every single time Brandy talks, it sounds like some kind of... Uh, Housewives of Miami yeah. reality uh, show conversation. Uh, yeah. I don't know, cause I mean, and so much, and so much of the women's altercations feel like one of those shows. Um, and Brandy in particular, yeah. And I don't know if she has the in-ring ability to back up her words. Certainly not. I mean, that's well, which always works. And her, so, yeah, so. and her. I mean, her verbal ability isn't that great either. It's, Not that it was terrible. No, no, no. I, but every time, yeah, it feels like one of those type of reality show interactions. Yeah. Yeah, the whole water, the splash. Like, Shaq felt like he was acting better. He felt like he was more real. <laughs> He's a trained actor. Have you seen Shazam? He's a trained actor. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> He's in Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. But, uh, Brandy. I, I don't know. I guess this leads to some point. Shaq and Cody are going to wrestle. <laughs> he No, he did say... That was all just me chat talking. That was no disrespect. That was me having. That was me having fun that was online. Me, that was me having a little fun on Twitter. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, uh, I think it's. I think it's gonna be more than that. I think he's gonna have a little match. Yeah, and I don't know. And and the woman on the other side, I don't really know what her kind of sh- deal is yet either. Yeah, we need to see her fight. I think she's still pretty, pretty, pretty young, pretty, pretty green. Yeah. yeah. I guess is but, that what they're doing? All they're doing with the women's division, just stacking. <laughs> like how how bad they are, and then like picking from like the the best of the bad chunk. I don't know. God, I don't know. But uh, the inner circle come out to the ring because Jericho's got the ultimatum for the group. This could be the last time they are seen together in an AEW ring. So, uh, 
Jericho says either we're working together and we expand or we break up. Last week was embarrassing. You know, we were all shoving each other, so. If you got any grievances, air them right now. So, uh, MJF wants to speak first, clear some air. Says he loves every single one of them like brothers. But, uh, maybe I might be the issue here. People think I want to break up the group or take over. But I chose to join. I wanted to be part of the greatest faction ever. And that's why it killed me last week when Sammy Guevara, because I love you dearly, the fact that you would betray Chris, you were ready to throw the towel in. And Sammy just says, ah, shut the hell up. Screw this guy, Chris. And Jericho's just like, Max, we all watched Dynamite. We saw what you did. <laughs> like, I watch it too. He's like, yeah. I'm the demo guy. That was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> but MGS was like, no, I came down. It's a misunderstanding. I had a sweat on my brow. And uh, anyways, timeout. Ortiz jumps in, says, you and Wardlow are assets here. Great talents. You're definitely beneficial to the group. But as human beings... That's debatable. He said, Wardlow, you're great. Never change. But Max, he's like, ah, you're growing on me. Like a fungus, but you're growing on me. <laughs> so San, San, or Ortiz, he's coming around. Tells Sammy to shake his hand. Be the better man. Uh, he says, you're better than him, and you know it. Stole MJF's line there. But, yeah, Ortiz has come around, and Maxwell extends his hand. Sammy says, all right, Chris, I trust you. You brought me into AEW. You put me in their circle. I'll shake his hand. But if one more thing goes wrong, and then he gets close to MJF and says, I'm telling you. And then he goes right up to Jericho and says, I'm telling you, I quit the inner circle. So, whoo, little slight tease there for Sammy. Little baby face. Uh. Little baby face tease. <laughs> but uh, Jericho says, okay, shake his hand. And he does. So the deal's done. Jericho says, everything's cool now. But Jake Hager just says, I got a question. Why is Wardlow staring at me? And Wardlow says, you've been staring at me since I started in this company. And they just start yelling back and forth. And Jericho says, how about we all agree to stop staring at each other? And they agree, but they're still doing side eyes. And <laughs> Jericho says, we're good. We need to continue to build, grow, dominate. So MJF. And then MJF just steals a spotlight at the end, mentioning his match with Orange Cassidy later in the diamond ring. And Jericho says, Max, you're ruining it. So... Anyways, they all agree to continue. They put in their middle fingers together doing their pose. So they're they're together. They're together for now. This uh I feel like this segment looked great on paper. Um Yeah, I mean, I don't and, think anyone expected them to break up anyways. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of, you know, we had a chunk of time. Didn't really do much for the story. Uh Yeah. For me, the biggest part was Ortiz just establishing now that he's cool with MJF. Yeah, Ortiz being cool with MJF, or um, Wardlow Hager make it happen, or biggest swerve <laughs> is Chris Jericho's trying to break up the inner circle for some reason. Uh, I don't know, but either way, yeah, uh, either either this, way, they need to shit or get off the pot because, yeah, I think it does lead to Sammy Guevara being kicked out at some point. That's cool, but yeah, let's make it happen because I feel like there's too many. We're spending too much time on it. Yeah, I guess what's the next? Uh, they announced like a bunch of shows. They got a Christmas bash show and then a oh, two-part yeah, New Year's two Eve show. Oh, yeah, there's a two-part New Year's Eve show that uh, so, I guess I, I can't sure. remember what days they sort of – it's not quite on New Year's it's Eve, like, I don't think. No, it's like the the fifth. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but the third I'm sure. or the, uh, the sixth and the 30th or 30th? something. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they'll book something something for that with the Inner Circle. Yeah. We'll see. But 
Anyways, let's go to six-man action. Eddie Kingston, Butcher, Blade, taking on Phoenix, Pentagon, and Lance Archer. Uh, but early on, Butcher just puts Penta through the timekeeper's table, so he's out of the match. It's three on two. Archer's in, but he gets taken out, so now it's just like three on one against Ray Phoenix. And he tries to put up a fight, but Butcher and Blade hit their powerbomb neckbreaker, get the win. <clears throat> And then afterwards, I think Archer just comes back and beats everyone up. And, yeah, destroys everybody at the end. Well, yeah, one, one, one week of build uh, feels like a blood feud, though. Yeah, Lance Archer, Eddie Kingston. Where was Pac this week? Pac! Where was Pac? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, we cut backstage, and I think Red Velvet's being attacked by Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill. So Serena Deep and Big Swole show up, and then Eva Lee and Diamante show up, and that was it for them. Okay, so we got all the women on. We got all the women on TV <laughs> this week. That's a little bit better. We got them well, all on television. And then the, we get the our bunny, one woman's the bunny match. was there. Our weekly allowance of women's wrestling is Abaddon taking on Tesha Price. Uh, this poor sweet Tesha. She looks like a nice girl, but she looks freaked out the hell out because this crazy Abaddon just comes out dripping blood from her mouth and. Looking cool as hell. Yeah. And uh, Abaddon just dominates. Tesha just looking like a monster. Gets a quick, easy win after hitting the awesome finisher, the Widow's Peak. I've always loved that move. Uh, and after the match, Abaddon continues the assault until Hikaru Shida comes out with a kendo stick. And she just smacks Abaddon right in the head. Knocks her down. But then Abaddon does the old monster sit-up. So Shida and Tesha just get the fuck out of there. As if she just heard that big dong. Yeah, the Sat right up. the cane. Uh, uh, do we know anything about this Abaddon? She's creepy and she's around, uh, and that's about it, right? So far, I don't think there's a lot of backstory, or if there is, anyone that knows it's already dead. <laughs> yeah, our our uh, our women's action. Um, I How guess. How do they do that? Like her one eye is like fully colored. Is that like a giant contrast? Yeah, I've wondered how you know, sort of her thing in general. Yeah, or does I'm sure she, she like has put color. Or you have two different contacts, one that's huge and one that's like normal yeah. sized. Because I heard, uh, you know, Jim Carrey and the Grinch. I, I, I yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> I've heard like his green eyes. They would like put in contacts, and then he would also put in like coloring. So he'd have like coloring drops on his fucking eyes to turn them green. And he said it was very painful, and he hated it. <laughs> wow fun fact but if abaddon does that every week for her wrestling hey good for her i mean why the hell not yeah the women's division is in a slump so uh anything to bring it up yeah then we go backstage or no we cut to the parking lot where aew champion kenny omega and don Callis arrive by helicopter it's looking a, cool that's as a hell. bold move yeah looking real cool uh it's dangerous <laughs> in this day and age but uh they make their way to the ring tony is waiting to interview them and Tony says he was disgusted by what happened last week on Dynamite. Callis says, you're just like everyone else. You know, you're upset. The fans are upset. But Don starts speaking to Tony Khan then directly and says, hey, welcome to the business, kid. And uh, talks about Kenny appearing on Impact and how they've been planning this together for years now. Then he hands the mic over to Kenny, who just kind of reiterates what Don says. And, yeah, they've been planning it. It's the golden screw job. The golden so much screw more job? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like Jacksonville better, but hey. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but there's so much more coming, and he closes with his line, Goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang. Oh, it's been a while. It's been He's a back. while yeah. since we've heard the that. Cleaner. I think it might have been. Full on cleaner. 
I think it might have actually been since uh, the first Fighter Fest. He like the, when when he, he did the before bo- dynamite. Yeah, when he did the bo- he did boyoyoying. Remember that? Boy, <laughs> remember that because it was because uh, it was like a it was like a fundraiser for uh, like victims of gun violence. So yeah. he went like oh. he went like uh, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, good night. <laughs> and the That's shirt, funny. there was a shirt. It was it was like a little spring. It was like the little, uh, yeah. you know, it was, it was a great shirt. I didn't. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I didn't remember that. The de- it's remember the, the little, pods, it's the, the little tent. details, baby. But that's right. Uh, Kenny Omega official heel. Uh, official heel. Don Callis doing a great job as his buddy. Which is really what we needed after this almost year long run of John Moxley being the top baby face in the company on the planet. One could even say. Uh, he he it was he owned this entire he yeah, owned he the did world. a great job and you know now's the time timing's good Kenny's ready for a great run with the belt yeah, Kenny's Kenny's ready for it uh who knows when we'll see Moxley next yeah I guess he uh I don't know have we seen him since he lost did he appear this week no no but you know he is with child soon uh is well, it is it probably wor- still like six months yeah, is away. it worth him to come back for uh <laughs> yeah it could be worth it for him to come back for a a four month feud or whatever that is but yeah kenny it feels like kenny's biggest priorities isn't even an aew right now <laughs> he just wants to collect yeah grab more belts so and, hey. there's no number one contender there won't be for a little while but of course management's gonna have to start to make number one contenders yeah they'll figure something out yeah uh, but we got other things to figure out. The main event, MJF taking on Orange Cassidy for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Uh, MJF's, yeah, got to put it on the line here. He's in control early on. He hits an uh, innovative move where he does a powerbomb on the outside, but he stuffs Orange Cassidy's hand into his back pocket and then powerbombs him on the edge of the ring. So crushes his hand under his own weight. Ooh. He works over that hand, yeah. Uh so then, uh, yeah, throughout the match, just behind the ref back, the inner circle are jumping in, beating down Orange Cassidy. But, of course, amateur referee Bryce Ramsberg doesn't see a thing. <laughs> uh, amateur <laughs> ref. <laughs> but the best friends don't like it, so they run into the back. They bring out a bunch of the baby faces for reinforcements, help even the numbers. Uh, but then Orange Cassidy, he starts having a comeback, getting a bunch of moves in. Uh he hits a big flipping senton to the floor, takes out all the inner circle, goes back into the ring, but then MJF hits the heat seeker, goes for the pin with the foot on the ropes, but the ref catches him. So, uh, yeah, he shoves the best friends. They start arguing with the ref. So Max calls for the baseball bat. They toss it into him. He tries to do the old heel trick, slams it on the ground, tosses it to Orange Cassidy, but uh, Orange doesn't even catch the bat. He just stands there, puts his hands in his pockets. And then he falls down as MJF picks the bat back up. <laughs> the ref. So he got him, but the ref turns around, grabs the bat, tosses it away. And then Orange Cassidy hits the breach break. The beach break. Somehow MJF kicks out of two. I wasn't expecting that. I thought that was I thought that was it. I thought that was yeah. it. I was thinking, was is this a no or you know, like a what's what's the championship's advantage rule on I mean, I like think this. the DQ would have ended it. That's what I think, and, OJ and uh, Orange Cassidy would have walked away. Yeah, I think Bryce was just like, I didn't technically see the hit, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so he kicks out of the beach break, and then MJF tries to go for the salt of the earth on that injured hand. 
But uh, Cassidy escapes and then hits a huge orange punch. But MJF kicks out again. I couldn't believe it. They fooled me twice. Shame on me. (laughs) (laughs) But it was great. It was a huge, big near fall. Orange Cassidy then hits another orange punch. Goes for the pin. But this time, Wardlow saves MJF. Puts his foot on the rope. Uh, So then this causes a big brawl outside the ring. All the faces and heels start fighting. And, of course, stupid Bryce Rensburg, once again with his back turned, uh, allows Miro to come running out. Gets in the ring. Nails Orange Cassidy with a huge clothesline, turning him inside out. And then he drapes MJF's arm over the fallen Cassidy, and the ref makes a three count. MJF holds onto his diamond ring for another year. Holds on to it. Yeah. And afterwards, Miro just starts beating up security guards, tosses the guy off the stage. Uh, so was Miro, was this just because he hates Orange Cassidy, or was he helping I don't know. There was a here? lot of moving parts this entire match, it felt like, with, with the best friends and Inner Circle standing by, and then uh, yeah, the bat spot on. that I totally thought was going to be the end. They had me. Um, yeah, they tricked me like three times. Yeah, but MJF and Cassidy kind of kept their focus and uh, did a great job yeah. together. Um, I'm happy, though, with MJF keeping it. I don't think Cassidy would have done much with the diamond ring. Yeah, so, he would have just, like, acted like he didn't care about it. Well, yeah, and that that was kind of it, exactly. And then that bit can only go so far, and we've said before about are we overexposed to Orange Cassidy right now? We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, also, kind of a rare thing for AEW. Two back-to-back weeks of screw job finishes in the main event. But not that oh, I'm complaining, yeah, yeah, just, of, just out of character. Bit of a screw, but yeah, bit of a screw job. Yeah, less clean. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind it though. I'm still happy with the result. So. And yeah, for MJF to hold on to this thing for two years just really speaks volumes to his character. MJF can move on, still tout that he's the best. And yeah, Orange Cassidy, best friends against Miro and fucking Kip and someone else or something. Yeah. They'll figure that no, out. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this was our Miro appearance after his huge uh, battle royal just the other week. Um, yeah, he had his Versace shirt on. Yeah. Every week he wears like a thousand. Yeah, it's like workout. Gucci this and yeah, Prada that. So weird. That's weird. Yeah. But that was it. That was your weekly bowl of dynamite. Our bowl, health, a healthy <laughs> bowl of dynamite. Uh, yeah. Let's Two scoops of greatness in every bowl of dynamite two scoops of professional wrestling and every scoop of dynamite uh well now it's time to fire up the grill get a couple buns get a couple buns and slap you know uh, some big old nxt down there wow yeah so if uh you're saying aew is the breakfast we're moving on to dinner yeah, let's skip lunch. You know, I I ate I, I ate a lot. I ate a lot earlier, so let's skip lunch. Uh, we'll go straight. As often people do. We'll go straight. Some people. We'll go have straight. To work through their lunch. We'll go straight to dinner. We're talking NXT. NXT. What does it mean? I don't know, but it's some good wrestling. So NXT. Watch and see. Gotta tap out a count out of one, two, three. Coming off of War Games, you know who has been absent for months? Finn Balor. Finn Balor, the NXT champion. He's the uh, fucking he's champion, champion for some reason, and uh, yeah, I mean he's got a bike chain in his jaw, <laughs> and he's uh, ready to party. He's here. He says the time for team sports is over. 
the champion's back and uh, you want to get to know me, come see me in this ring. And actually, Finn, I got to stop you there. Time for sp uh, team sports is actually perfect time right now. The National Football League is still going. The <laughs> NBA preseason starts tomorrow night. Well, I think he meant rest. Oh, sorry. Survivor sorry, Series. Sorry, 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 sorry. Misunderstood. But no, no, hey. Misunderstood. Real sport. Misunderstood. No, <laughs> uh, Peter Dunn comes out next. He says, hey, man, I want a piece of that. You know, we're similar. We both come from overseas. We both made our name here. Uh, so welcome back. But it's only a matter of time before I'm grabbing that title. And then Kyle O'Reilly comes out, the man who did put Finn on the shelf and, you know, cuts a promo about wanting to be in that conversation. And, yeah, you technically won, but you've been eating your meals through a straw for the last two months because of me. So uh, we got some unfinished business. Mm-hmm. And then Damian Priest comes out because he wants in on this. So everyone's in the ring. They're all bickering. Finn just kind of walks away. And at the top of the ramp, he announces that January 6th, New Year's Evil, he will defend the NXT title. And William Regal can figure out who it's going to be against. What a evil stuff. Uh, NXT is clearly going <laughs> to, like, for the goth kid brand. Or maybe so many of the, maybe yeah. a lot of their characters. I mean, the just whole lend, arena's black, right? So many of their characters lend to gothy type imagery. Maybe Shawn Michaels is a big Marilyn Manson fan. Uh, Which is weird because. <laughs> They have the older demo compared to Dynamite. You would think it would be the younger kids. To that. Or I guess all the goths have grown up now. Yeah, all the, the goths, goths have grown older. up now, and now they're watching Finn. It's not 2005 anymore, folks. Wow. It's not? It's not? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so anyways, but then Karrion Cross music hits, and uh, the beautiful Scarlet, she comes out, just does a circle around Baylor, uh, and he says, I got a message for your boy. Tell him when he's ready, Finn's ready. And he walks off. And then Priest says to Scarlet, Hey, Smoke Show, do you usually tell your boy to wait in the car while you handle business? If he wants a fight, step up like a man. So Scarlet just laughs and walks off. Backstage, Pete Dunne gets attacked by Killian Dane, who's been out for a few weeks, so he's back. Uh, but yeah, that was just your big opening segment. That was a big opening segment. Didn't do much for me. Just kind of really showed how many challengers there are for this championship. Between yeah, you know Damian Priest, Dunn. Uh, wait, did I say Damian Priest? Yeah, he was there. Yes, okay, I did say that. Sorry, I, th I couldn't remember what I said right there. Uh, <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly, and of course, um, Karrion Cross, Finn Balor. Um, yeah. Okay, so check this out. I'm looking at this right now. I'm on the Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt, if you wish. Okay, so August 22nd, Karrion Cross wins the NXT Championship, gets hurt. 16 days later, Finn wins it when he beats Adam Cole. So he's held on to it for 91 days now, which means yeah. that I guess like the severe, it sort of seems as though the severity of both of their injuries were kind of like the same. Or like, or you know, or it was almost like, ah, fit, well, by the time Finn kind of recovers and is ready to go, Karen Cross may <laughs> also be ready to go. Or, you know, we're kind of circling yeah. around the same time. But the time that Finn won the belt wasn't the time he got injured. Exactly. It well, was it was like the subsequent time, right? But yeah, what do we do? Do we strip it and then find a new yeah. champion for then both of these guys to come back? How, how do we play it? But it's nice to see that Finn Balor is at least back and, and ready, ready to challenge somebody. So Yeah, so they didn't establish how they're going to figure and, that yeah, out. Yeah, and I'm like sure. you said, on New Year's Evil. So that's still three weeks away of whatever kind of recovery he's going through. Yeah. So uh, we'll figure out who's going to fight him, but it's probably going to be one of those guys. Yeah. But then we go to cruiserweight action. Jake Atlas, Isaiah Swerve Scott, 
who I feel like we haven't seen in a little while. Yeah, the cruiserweights. I forget about the whole thing, to be honest. Yeah, it's, they're really hot and cold. Yeah. Yes and no, <laughs> in and out, up and down. Exactly. Black, Katie white, Perry. wrong, what, right, you know. Uh, but they had a fun little cruiserweight thing here. Atlas hits a cool move or is like a vertical suplex into a powerbomb. Swerve gets a couple moves in, goes for a cradle, but Atlas counters into a pin of his own, gets a three count. So he's getting a couple wins in a row here. Maybe he'll get a title shot. Yeah, hopefully. We'll I mean, see. who knows? Yeah, bring the. I mean, fucking Buddy has the title. Santos has the yeah. title, and uh, wherever he is. Yeah, where's he? <clears throat> but the grizzled young vets are back here, uh, taking on Imperium and Ever Rise triple threat tag action. Fun little match here for me. Uh, the story was Ever Rise actually looking pretty good, coming real close to picking up a win. They had me rooting for them. But uh, Girls and Young Vets get the win after the ticket to Mayhem. Ooh. And hey, they're back. They are bet. Ever, <laughs> uh, and Ever Rise, the perpetual uh, jobbers. They are NXT's jobbers now. For now. For now. For now. For now. But I liked it. I like them this week. Okay. Uh, but then we go backstage. Tony Storm's getting interviewed. And then Io Shirai comes up. And they start fighting. And they fight all the way out to the ring. And uh, Tony tries to run away. But then Ember Moon comes out and stops her. Tosses her to EO, so she hits the moonsault. So maybe Tony and EO at New Year's Evil? Ooh. Why not? Yeah, we. I mean, I, this sort of seems like the type of thing where may, maybe all the all these titles are going to be on the line in, of, in some kind. Yeah, I think it'll be like a mini takeover type. Yeah, well, and that's why, I, and we've seen the success <laughs> that AEW's had with these things. Like their winner is coming, they did their, you know, and then and then NXT or has their bash at the beach. And then the other guys had their, these sort of individual things, yeah. especially in the COVID-tude era, uh, mm-hmm. fucking works. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Then we go Cameron Grimes. <laughs> taking on Tommaso Ciampa. And then Timothy Thatcher comes out to watch from the ramp with five stitches in his ear, which seems like a lot for an ear. His whole lobe was, yeah, it must have been flapping. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I've never gotten stitches. I've never had my ear ripped off, so I wouldn't know either, yeah. I don't think. Well, uh, they have a pretty fun match here. Grimey's, uh, you know, getting some, he does that shooting star body slam again. Always like that. Uh, but then Ciampa, he's in control. He runs out, jumps on the apron, or... Yeah, Chomp is in control when this some some guy just runs out. Apparently, Tyler Russ or what they call him? I don't. Um, yeah, Russ. One of fuck. I can't. It was uh, odd. He runs past Chomp. He runs past uh, Thatcher. Tries to jump in and anyways, the distraction. Grimes tries to take advantage, but then Chompa hits the Willow's bell, gets the win. And then after Chompa just walks past Thatcher and he says, "I had nothing to do with that guy running in." Maybe he was uh, one of the Thatcher's Thatch can guys. Yeah, uh, he sent him in there. Th- Timothy Thatcher with his little army. Yeah, fucking Champa Thatcher, book it. Um, yeah, it's gonna be sick. It's gonna yeah. be sick. Then we get the continuation of our foreign film uh, with Saya Lee. She's training herself, Ron Bloody, uh, in this dark candlelit jo- dojo on one of those wooden things. What do they? Do they have a name? Well, just a you plank. Just beat those wooden sticks up. I don't. She's beating herself bloody, and meanwhile, Boa is just getting caned in the back repeatedly as their master's yelling at them to go harder, faster. Yeah, like a real Kill Bill scene. Yeah, this was actually quite graphic. There were lots of close-ups, all this blood dripping out of them, and 
Uh, I hope this leads to the. I hope they come back as just these like badass motherfuckers, tough as nails. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm still intrigued. I like the mixed. I like the mixed gender stable. Yeah. What happened to the mixed gender stable? <laughs> I mean, it's the they're allowed to do it. So you, you, do it. You know what I'm saying. And we still have this mysterious woman in control of it all. We don't know what her deal is, but exactly, she's a wrestler. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Uh, then the new North American champ, Johnny Gargano, comes out with his family, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, Austin Theory. Gargano's bragging about his win and Candice's win, putting everyone over in the ring and says, we are the way. He keeps saying, that's the way. So maybe that's the group name, the way. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take he said it, it a couple of times. Uh, Johnny says, if I'm Mr. Takeover, Candice is Miss War Games after leading her team to a second victory. Johnny says he's got a surprise. And Indy goes to the goes to the ropes to grab it. Uh, Johnny lifts up the curtain to reveal a trophy, a cheap trophy with a doll on top with <laughs> green hair, meant to be Shotzi Blackheart. Johnny says he ordered it from Italy. Uh, but then Damian Priest comes out to interrupt. He's ready to fight. But then Karrion Cross makes his big return, attacks Priest from behind, starts beating him around, and uh, well, a little scary spot when he shoved Priest right into a sharp corner of the LED board. Yeah. That scared me. Yeah, I was like, oh, that was close. <laughs> but then he picks him up and power bombs him off the stage. And then he goes to the parking lot and drives away with Scarlet. There you go. The uh, the the Gargano family. Yeah, I still I like guess. it. They're, They're a del- delightful little group. Austin Theory really feels like the odd one out just because I still don't, I still think he's British. Um, yeah, just like when he was the odd one out with the Seth Rollins thing. Yeah, exactly. He's just he's perpetually the odd one him. out. Um, and he was in that random tag title match at WrestleMania. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, Pete Dunn taking on Killian Dane. They're having a good back and forth when One Lork or yeah Birch and Lorkin come running out and they attack Drake who is watching at ringside and uh, Drake tries to fend him off with a chair but they knock him down so. Dane goes out, chases them off, but this whole distraction allows Dunn to hit the, hit him with a big kick in the bitter end to get the win. That easy. Sometimes it's just, just that easy. Um, Killian Dane. If I forget that he exists, sometimes goes in and out. What happened to Drake Maverick? I think is the bigger. Uh, I mean, he was yeah, he was at ringside. He was at ringside, but the two of these were uh, you know developing their in ring chemistry together. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why they, uh, yeah, why not just put him in a tag match? Yeah, I don't really know. But uh, Bruiserweight, let's go. What's next for him? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But let's go to the main event. Raquel Gonzalez taking on Ember Moon. Uh, yeah, just fun main event here. Raquel showing off that strength, but Ember's no slouch either. She's hanging in there. They fight outside the ring, and uh, Ember just starts climbing up the steel beams that are like holding up the set. Are they always there? I've noticed them before. I think they're still there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, what do you call those? A girder? No, it's not a girder. I'm not sure. Anyway, she's climbing up that thing, but then Raquel just grabs her by the leg, yanks her off, catches her midair, uh, slings Ember just face first into the ring post, goes for the cover, but Moon kicks out. She fights back for a bit, goes for the eclipse, but Raquel blocks that, and then soon after hits her single arm power bomb to get the win. So she's on a roll, Raquel. Big win. She pins the champ EO at War Games and wins the main event here tonight. 
So uh, yeah, the big the I, big one armed power bomb. I feel like when she really yeah. wants to hit it, you put that second arm in there. Fucking looks great. And then after the match, Tony Storm comes out uh, to beat up Ember, but then Rhea Ripley comes back. And Rhea and Raquel just have a stare down to end the show. Yeah, so they're not done. Great show, great great showcase for uh, Gonzalez in this one. Yeah, the, another potential uh, rising star. The, yeah, or whatever. yeah, the Award. the big brutalizer <laughs> of the NXT Women's Division. Uh, yeah, so like we said, what is it? Um, one of the New Year's Evil somewhere or somewhere around New Year's uh, New Year's Day. Uh, her belt's gonna be on the line. Whose belt? Probably Io Shirai, right? Like if they're oh. if they are giving us this little mini pay per view thing, she yeah. didn't defend at War Game. I mean, no one defended at War Games, or I guess Leon Ruff did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they were teasing Tony and EO. Yeah. So if they want to do Raquel Ripley one more time in between, give us that one more time. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Rhea Ripley's final week. match in NXT. <laughs> we yeah, we're gonna be seeing that for a while. Hopefully. Oh, probably. Uh, that was the last match on NXT. What a great show Wednesday night. And that's probably all the time we have here for the podcast. Yeah. I think this time we only have for one more thing, and that is the Wrestler of the Week. It's the Wrestler of the Week of the Week. Wrestler of the Week of the Week of the Week. Wrestler of the Week of the Week of the Week. This one was tough because uh, War Games, it, it's such a team event. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like, oh, do, do I want to give it to a whole team? And, of course, there were the two War Games <laughs> to deal with. And it's like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, which one of all these things were incredible? Um, Mike, I'm taking the lead on this one. I'm going to give this to the NXT Women's Champion, Io Shirai. Uh, she took the the big, the, the, the stomp. The, tea, the, 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 <laughs> the cave-in of the garbage can, and I was just picturing what it was like to be trapped, and, like, you can't quite yeah. push it up. Don't know when it's coming, just all of a sudden. And it just sort of suddenly hits you. Wow. Um, that was my favorite spot from the whole night. And then she gets pinned a little bit later on after a big move. Io Shirai, you're my wrestler of the week. Yeah, she was awesome. The whole match, like you said, everybody has their moments, but we got to pick just one. And I gotta go with Io Shirai as well, baby. For all those reasons you said, the crazy spots, jumping off the top, just blind with a trash can around your head. Uh, she's fearless. She's amazing. She's Io Shirai. She's uh, this match. You know, this might be a potential match of the year for me. This women's war game. Wow, there you have it. Potential. That's, that's our second. No that's our second straight uh, consensus wrestler of the week too. We're gonna have to start compiling yeah. those lists to see who. Uh, wow, it's who is our kind of individual <laughs> ultimate wrestler of the week. That's gonna be tough. Yes, the year is coming to a close soon. We need to. We should start finalizing some shooties. The plans, shooties so. are coming up. I know we've both been working on our categories, but uh, we'll we'll pick a date, we'll finalize a list, and it's going to happen soon, folks. The shooties. The shooties. Can't wait, folks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. Remember, you can rate, review, like, and subscribe. The podcast is everywhere. Uh, normal week next week. Uh, TLC isn't like th- isn't like twenty days. We got. <laughs> 
10 days. We got all no, the time. Not really. It's next. We, uh, we have so much time. Next Sunday. Before TLC. <laughs> we don't even have to we think about it anymore. Uh, and thanks for listening again, folks. We'll be back uh, at this time next week. See you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>